What's going on, everybody? You are listening to the Playing On Podcast. My name is Carl Markowski, and thank you for joining me once again. This podcast and episode is brought to you by Melavio, the locally made CBD company that is based out of Virginia. Uh, They have all kinds of products from honey to the uh, the vape juice they have gummies they have all kinds of stuff uh, it, it's all CBD no THC added so you get you get all the benefits but uh, none of the craziness what people what people talk about there's a lot of misconception about CBD um, they have uh, a great informative page at mellovio.com m-e-l-l-o-v-e-o.com um, that's where you can find all of their products but uh, one in particular that I want to talk about is their honey. Uh, their honey is locally made, um, and they have a program running right now that uh, that they get their honey through. Is It's produced in a local veterans to farmers program. It's a PTSD program that helps veterans adjust to civil, civilian life. All the proceeds from our honey, uh, from their honey, will be donated back to the veterans to help pay for supplies uh, such as beehives, the bees, and everything associated with that. Uh, They take lots of pride in the natural products, so it's pretty much a win-win-win for everybody. Uh, They get to sell natural pure honey, Uh, the customer themselves gets delicious natural honey, and they support veterans with every purchase. So I'm, I'm completely about this. Uh, I come from a family with a, uh, a veteran background. So I'm, I'm all about this. Make sure you guys go on their website, uh, check out their Facebook, check out their Instagram. Um, make sure you look over all of their products, try them out. Uh, but definitely give a good look at their honey. If you like honey, like I do, um, I would really suggest you give it a try. And on top of that, um, it's it's a PTSD veterans program that uh, that they're dealing with uh, as far as our honey goes. So I am all about it. Uh, if you guys are interested at all, uh, all the listeners of this podcast can get 15% off their entire order. So if uh, with the promo code capital T-P-O-P, uh, you get 15% off. So thank you, Melavio. I, I, I really appreciate the program. I think it's a great idea. I think the way they're going about it is is awesome. So make sure you guys check them out. That's again Melovio M E L L O V O dot com to uh, to check out all of their awesome products. Oh, the one that I've been using a lot lately has been the Savage Salve, the pain relief salve. It works amazing. I've had multiple people tell me how much that uh, that it's been working for them for their knees, for their muscles, for their aches and pains. The stuff is ridiculous. So uh, make sure you guys give it a good check. Out. Thank you, Melavio. Uh, we are also brought to you by Charm City Paintball. Mike, you guys heard me talk about him before. He is just a, uh, a headband crazy man. He's been pumping out all kinds of stuff. Lately, he's been on a, a Louis Vuitton and Gucci kick. He has some awesome pieces over at uh, Charm City Paintball on Facebook. Uh, he has a black and gold Louis Vuitton piece. Everything that he uses is authentic material, whether it be the uh, the the real tree patterns or uh, actual designer patterns like Gucci, Louis Vuitton, anything like that. He uses all na- you know, all custom uh, and authentic 
materials. It's the it's the nice tough stuff too, man. It's 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 not too thick. It's a nice kind of middle ground that he uses. So it's not you don't have a carpet on your forehead, but it's also not the uh, not the elasticy kind of stuff. This is this is good durable material that is going to last multiple times if you wrench it on the back of that of your head with that knot <laughs> with the headband. Um, but I, I, I stand behind him, man. He's, he makes some great stuff. He's an awesome guy and, uh, he has been pumping out all kinds of awesome product. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I can't support him enough, uh, for, for what he does. And, and he, it's all handmade. He, he does everything. Every piece that comes out, he is the one who sews it up and puts it out. So, uh, and, and he's, he's definitely open for any kind of custom work that uh, anybody has in mind as well. So, uh, if you give him a shout and, uh, go check out his product over at charm city paintball on Facebook and Instagram, give him a mess, give him a message and make sure that you let him know that Carl from Dipling on podcast sent you over there. And if you guys are in the mood for, uh, helping out the podcast, in some kind of way, I do have a Patreon page, uh, patreon.com slash the playing on podcast. If you guys would like to contribute to uh, keeping this thing going, I would much appreciate it. And, uh, you know, th- this this podcast has been awesome and having support from uh, players from all kinds of ages have, you know, telling me that they listen to it. It's 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 so cool and and so uh, just I love the community, man. Paintball community, and they either love you or they hate you. And it's it's cool to hear that people listen and they enjoy it. And uh, I've I've had a lot of people tell me that it got them back into paintball, or or it's keeping them relevant, kind of with what's going on. And that really means a lot to me. And I appreciate it so much, guys. Uh, but enough with all the mushy stuff. This uh, this episode is with Mike Zapantis. Him and I played in the ICC. We didn't play on the same team, but um, we did have different experiences. And uh, he is a a 10-man fanatic out there. He goes to all of them. He plays them all. Uh, He's been playing for a long time. And he has a pretty good perspective on things as far as kind of what's going on, uh, you know, possibly where paintball, uh, the paintball world and the direction of where it's going. So I had a good time chatting with him about this, and I hope you guys do too. Here is the podcast with Mike Zapp. Mets won, 11-5, yeah. Finally got a dub. Ooh, baseball. (laughs) I love baseball, it's my favorite sport. I thoroughly enjoy playing baseball. I have a hard time watching it. I like be- watching it on TV, but like at a game, I can I can have fun at a game. But like watching it on TV is kind of just like, meh. If I'm on the field, I'm having a good time in my life. It's a lot more fun to watch than paintball. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> in per listen in person, in person, I think they're comparable. Right, because like we both have kind of stakes in. Well, I don't. We I don't have a stake in baseball, but like, you know, we understand paintball very well. So like, when you're at a World Cup final game or even a final game at at you know Atlantic City or at Philly or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're into it. Like the last event with X Factor winning against Russian Legion, it was it was awesome. Are we recording yet? Always recording. 
always recording. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, it's that's a lot of fun. You know, when you're at the Iron City Classic and you're watching the, the you know, the games right there in person, it's it's super fun. Yeah, I guess with baseball for me, uh, it was just like something I always did, and I always appreciated it. You know, growing up at Shea Stadium and playing Little League in Queens and just knowing that game so intimately, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it be, it be, it becomes part of you. And even when you're watching on TV, it's exciting. I think that's the best part of it. Actually. I prefer watching baseball on TV because the commentators are half of the experience, like the, the knowledge those guys have. Yeah. You yeah. It's, I'd like for me growing up, uh, I played, I played baseball and football and, and that was it. And I, I, the most enjoyment I had playing sports was during baseball. I mean, I just, there's something about just being able to pick up a mitt and throw a ball back and forth. I could do that for hours. Yeah. And just, it's, and I, you know, playing football was fun. I didn't like getting hit too much. I mean, that sucks when you get your bell rung and you just like, it kind of, I don't know. I I guess the same argument could be said for baseball. Like sometimes it gets just kind of monotonous. Like Mm. just, you get hit. And then you get back in line, and you get hit, and you get back in line. You just you're sore. It sucks. It's like there's there's a mental side to it, but it's like only a few guys I feel have to use that part of their brain when they're playing the game, right? As far as football goes, it's like you know you're trying to not get tackled. Yeah. It's not your you and and then as far as far as like a quarterback goes, I think that's a little bit more of a skill set of being able to like make the decisions on the field of like physically where the ball's going to go. Mm, mm. But as far as like running back, like I'm not trying to shit on football players or anything. I was a football Dude, player like myself. Upper echelon athletes. Like, I mean, uh, you kidding me? Like some of the most in shape guys out there, like Goliaths, that's like the modern day, you know, gladiators are, are those guys, you know, you can't shit on them at all. And a lot of them I've, I've I'm, I've just, I'm friends with Fletcher Cox on the Eagles. I sold him yeah. two Luxes a couple of years ago, you know, <laughs> and Brandon Graham, you know, played paintball at our field. And those guys are ridiculously smart guys, you know? Oh yeah. They, oh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not shitting on their intelligence at all or anything either, but it's just like it, there's different. So I think, I think that as far as an athletic ability goes, I feel like hockey players are more of athletes than football mm. players in terms of like, um, the ability to like take a hit and then also have the the, the burst speed that they have mm-hmm. the the dexterity that it takes i mean go on go on instagram watch pk suban warming up the it's dude ridiculous dude the dude is insane and he's a devil now i mean they're gonna be selling out the prudential center like, oh he's a it, oh, really it, yeah they get they acquired him from um the predators in the, the yeah and they also acquired wayne simmons from the predators as well so and then they got they got uh, um, Jack Hughes as well. That's the, the hmm. new rookie. So between the Devils and the, the Rangers, uh, in terms of rookie sensations as well as veteran sensations, you're going to see a lot of sold out arenas up in, on my my neck of the woods. You know. And Brodeur came out of retirement. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's like you know the the years I've watched hockey. And I thought about it. I was like, man, dude, those guys are going, you know, 15 plus miles an hour almost constantly. And on top of that, they're making these super split second decisions like continuously, 
Like yeah. there's no there's hardly any any stoppage. And they're trying to keep track of a fucking little black puck along with the five guys oh, nice. on their team, the five <laughs> guys on the other team. Yeah. And just I, I don't know. I, I, I think like you said, like the dexterity of and uh, you know, of the hockey player and what entails on the that fact, side of it. The fact that some football. of those guys go a whole season, play every game, is <laughs> is it, it uh, unreal. Yeah. Like it's unreal. Mm-hmm. Like you take a spell on the ice just freaking skating at your local rink. Yeah. I'm not gonna be walking for the next week. Those that, guys are <sighs> maniacs. Well that sucks. And there, and there's no room and there's no time for because it's five on five, there's no room or time to do like a you know, be a lazy ass and be like lackadaisical because yeah. if you do like what the football players, I don't know it keeps coming back to football players, but like if you do like, you know how uh, DBs or even a running back, like they'll just do like a bullshit block if they know they're not getting the ball or if yeah. it's going the other way, they'll just do like, a, you know, they'll do like, <laughs> or they'll do a, like a half ass route or whatever. <laughs> but like, if you do any of that shit, like on on the ice, I feel like you will get fucked up. You'll you'll your weaknesses will be instantly it's shown. Sweated. Yeah, yeah, and it's I think it obviously it comes down to it's just a completely different game. But I think you know if you're if we're talking about athleticism, and everybody's like, well, football players the more most athletic and they're monsters and this and that. Well, yeah, I mean you have to be able to hold your own. But as as far as like you're you're just throwing around other bodies for the most part, but you're not having the you're not using the decision-making part of your brain as continuously I feel as hockey players. And then on top of that, be an athlete, be agile, be this, be that. I I think it's, there's an argument there. I think with, with football, I'm really honestly, like I really dislike football. And I think a lot of it comes down to like the talking heads on ESPN, like constantly going over the same game and the, the same thing over and over again. So it got sickening for me. Um, Whereas with baseball and hockey, there's so many games being played that like you always have something new and different for those guys to talk about. So there's always something fun and exciting. You know, you have the new pitcher on the mound who pitches once a week. You know, with with hockey, you know, you play a different opponent every every night. You only play you play four games a week, so it's still exciting and drawing. Mm-hmm. Um, with football, like the coach and the, the the coordinators make a lot of the calls, right? So it's got a little bit more military based and really there's like a couple players that have like the 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 free reign to make split second decisions quarterback mm-hmm. being one of them right you know running back who has the ball another one linebackers like that that part of the defensive of spec spectrum right hockey every single one of those guys is making these i mean there's a general plan right we're going to play some trap hockey real quick right you know we're going to you know have a really aggressive forecheck for the next 10 minutes, whatever it may be that comes from the bench. But in general, like those guys are making the split second decisions to pass the puck here. Don't pass it there, etc. And it, right. it either pays off or pays. I, I do find, and I draw a lot of parallels between hockey and baseball and paintball. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think the strat the, the thing I love about baseball is the, 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 there's so many different things that can happen all at once. And that's yeah. what paintball is, right? Like, there's two thousand paintballs flying in the air at one time. <laughs> very variable based. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of, of, uh, I'm drinking the last of the Iron City Classic beers. Oh wow! A little Iron City Light. Nice. I I I didn't have one of those while I was there. 
Mm. I didn't know they were available. They're not bad. We had a, a whole giant cooler full at the uh, Washington Winston's pit next to. You guys are rowdy. Behind the end, yes, we are. We are very rowdy. <laughs> we don't we don't mess around in that group. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were hanging out behind the Enjoy Paintball booth with Nico. Nico's a little little thing. See, that's what's guys. that's what's fun though, like because that has, and I think I think that's the whole kind of nostalgia feel. Um, to the ICC and to the paintball of old is it was it was a hangout, you know it was a hangout with your friends. You had fun. The atmosphere was just completely different to what it is now and to you know to uh, recently. Uh, now it's just it's so it's so fucking serious. There's no one at at the field still. I feel like none of the pro teams really stay at the field. Obviously, I can't speak for this year, but I can't imagine that much has changed from this year to last. You know what I mean? So it's like it's, it's, it, it, it's from top down. You know, the yeah, the divisional teams are the same way. Mm-hmm. Like division three teams don't hang out at the field all day. Like maybe and again, like um, not again, but like I started. My first national event was that I ever went to was Chicago 05. So like I missed that 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 boat. I was just watching a trauma head video aftershock versus Dynasty 02 World Cup. You know, and like I missed that that experience. Yeah. But that's what Iron City Classic I think brings back to the old heads and the new heads alike. Like mm-hmm. myself, I missed that. Literally, it was it's so much fun at the Iron City Classic watching or looking at the scoreboard. You know, the hand drawn scoreboard. Yeah, you know, and with points. Wait, uh, dude, we need just seventy six points to move on, or whatever it may be. You know, yeah. I'm pretty sure that by the way, we're the only team in prelims to max someone this year. We had a hundred, and I don't think anyone else had a hundred at all on the scoreboard. Yes, I'm almost positive there there was. And the there only reason points. I and the only reason I know that, and I think it was the Timberwolves, is because Timberwolves, mean? or Saberwolves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the whatever wolves whatever the wolf, the wolves. you put you know insert phrase wolves so it's <laughs> it's like uh i think so they had this they had this game and I, and it, it was i think it was quarterfinals there was something bef- to go into finals something like that but they had a game where their their match was called 2 minutes early oh shit and i believe that they were down bodies but then an argument happened something happened and they ended up playing another 10 on 10 10 minute game and uh we had to play them next and in that game their regame that they played they got a hundred percent they got a hundred points so and we're like team. yeah won. so we're like oh fuck so we and we had to play them and somehow we had to beat a hundred point like we had to play them and have up up bodies they couldn't have less than these bodies Something or something or one other, but we ended up being able to actually like bring the pull the game out and um so yeah this was, the, this was your first Iron City Classic right yes um, yeah right yeah it was, did, dude, what it was did awesome. you think of it it was yeah, amazing it. man it it really felt there there were a lot more injuries than I thought well not than I thought but more injuries uh, I heard about than uh, <laughs> I guess at like a national event <laughs> dude. like I, there's so many people walking by that were like limping and just. <laughs> <laughs> like holding their back. Like, we, played, right, well. we played far side in the woods Sunday morning, the first game. And the this dude was running up, you know, the far side of the woods ball field, not the hybrid field, but the woods ball field. Yes. He was running up and trying to bunker out my teammate, Bobby Bowen and full speed ran into a tree on the high side or the low side, uh, the low side, the far. Okay. 
not the spectator side. Yeah. No one saw it other than the, the, the referee, the person who <laughs> ran into the tree, and my teammate Bobby, <laughs> and then the guy watching Bobby's back. And it was like oh. it was like that's a scene from Anchorman. It's like you just killed a guy with a tree. Bobby, you killed a man with a, he was laying on the ground unconscious. Oh my god. He knocked himself <laughs> unconscious? Knocked himself unconscious. He was laying there dead. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> you fucking shooting him. Jesus. I wasn't playing that game cuz I'm afraid of the woods and I really don't like playing like I was afraid of the mountains the first year. Mm-hmm. Uh, cuz Rainy shot me in the face from nowhere and I was like I'm done with this freaking mounds shit but now the woods is what's scary for me and I, I don't even want to play in the woods the hybrid field was fun because there was like the the houses and stuff but yeah. like you know the woods is like long drawn out games if you don't get the right side on the coin flip you know if you don't get the if you're looking at the field from the spectator side and you right. don't get the right side you're 90 percent of the time you're gonna lose a game because the right side is so much better yeah and uh yeah the mounds this year was awesome. Like the mounds were just the shit. They're, that's my f- new favorite field. I was totally excited to play the mounds field, and we, you know, how you played two on in the prelims. You played two per field, yeah. and we played so both of our mounds games. Uh, one, I ran to the fifty snake on the spectator side and yeah, traded yeah. out with a guy, and then the second, and it was like within a minute of the game, and then, and then the second game, I got shot off the break. So I didn't really get to fully experience like the mounds field. The long drawn out mounds games are what's really fun. Yeah. Like and, and uh, the last year that mounds field was all dirt because they just built it. That's what I, this, yeah. Yeah, this year they had um you know the the grass grew over it and it was so much more fun. Mm-hmm. It could kind of hide you know you, you especially watching it like from the spectator side watching those games draw out is like seeing like is he going to shoot him? Is he going to shoot him? No, he's yeah. not going to shoot. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, and you're going to live with like the mistakes that you made or the, or the victories that you, you experienced. You're going to live with that all year. Like mm-hmm. there's no other, I mean, there's the ICPL now, right? Which yeah. is Excel's way of getting into that or grabbing that, that income. Or Which whatever. the Florida one's <laughs> coming up soon, isn't it? Yeah. I'm not going to it. Neither am I. I can't. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, it's come, you're a little bit younger than me, but, like, we're at this stage in our lives. You have two kids. I have zero kids. I have a dog kid. Dog kid. For babies. You know, and you can only put so much, I think it's more mental. I think it's a mental energy into the game that we play. You know, it's like you can only put so much into it. And I can only afford the five NXL events that I play and the one I see C event. And that's it. Yeah. I can't do anything else. I really can't. From not only not really the, the financial aspect, you can always make it happen. But mm-hmm. the mental aspect is what's difficult now for me. The time away from your girlfriend or your whatever, you know, your wife or your kids. You know, it's we're getting into the age where it's it's scary, man. Like thinking about it, because like I feel like the demographic of paintball right now is our age. And right now, everyone's having kids. Everyone's getting married. Yeah. Where's the next generation coming from? Like, where? Like, it's certainly not coming from the college league. It's certainly not coming from, like, young guns. It's it's still going to be us. And I think that's why the ICC is such a popular event now. It's like, one-off. Who gives a shit? Let's go out there, have fun with our boys. 
win, lose, draw. Like we didn't care. You know, we were happy to to make it on. But if we had not made it on, we would have been just as happy. You know. Yeah. Yeah, because the weekend was just so filled with fun. I wanted to go to that Mets Pirates game, and I couldn't even because it was paintball again. And like you can't, you can only dedicate so much time to whatever, you know? (laughs) Well, and I think, you know, what you were talking about with, uh, you know, missing these things, it's like, you know, for, for, you know, guys my age or or even in my situation or even not in my situation, depending on how you look at it, it's like, you know, I'm not, I'm not just going, I'm not 21 years old now and just going to an event and then coming back home and everything's the fucking same. Yeah. You know what I mean? So now it's, you know, I go, I miss out, you know, a week on doing something with my kids or or you know or whatever making these making these memories with them yeah Yeah. and it's you know i've I've spent so much time uh you know and then obviously doing a one-off like icc is not that big of a deal um or doing two events like let's say you know do the icc and the icpl chicago every year like that's definitely doable but trying to be a legitimate you know professional and be able to play five events and then two two weekends before each event on top of that you have to commit to those you you have to you have to and you don't and i and i feel like that and i we've said it before on the podcast is like if you're not doing that and you're not going out as many weekends as possible to play and you don't have that you know readily available to you you are already at a disadvantage Correct. and and that is what that's what's so tough because there's so much talent out there but unless you dedicate yourself 110% to something that, you know, that might not have the, the output that you want. Um, it's, you're just, you're going to be standing on one leg, you know, at the start of the match. Yeah. And even at, at, at this point now, like you're playing, you know, semi-pro division two, II, division three, you still need to dedicate the same amount of time to the field layout as a pro team. If you want to compete mm-hmm. like division three teams need to play doubles for the layout weekends. Because yeah. that's that's what we have. That's the system that's been set up for us. You know, we can sit here and talk about not releasing layouts and blah blah. blah. And I'll, yeah, I agree with that. That'd be sweet. You know, to an extent. I mean, I'm I I I miss those days of seven man where you get the layouts a couple weeks before, but there's five layouts that you have to practice, and you might not even play half the layouts. You might only your local field might only set up two of the five layouts. Yeah. You know, but you still go out there the couple weeks before. You still need to dedicate the time to like practice with your team. Paintball is you know, paintball. to even have a chance. Yeah, yeah, to even have a chance, right? So it's saying I have a poor connection. I don't know if you can. No, you're all good. All right, perfect. Um, but like, yeah, you're moving around. Take well, what well, like, uh, you know, it's like the whole releasing layouts now. I feel is is just. I mean, I, I think everybody feels like it benefits everybody, but I really feel like it's just for the teams that can can afford the skids of paint to be able to shoot and spend hours and days on the field to find the little bounce shots and do this and do that. I mean, you can. I don't know. I'm do not. You, I'm, do, I'm not do trying really to. Think I'm, that if, like, do you really think that like PC Katana would have stand a chance against Houston Heat if there was no layout release? I don't. Honestly, dude, I don't know because you. If you think about it, like. Yes, paintball is paintball, but the thing is, is like the amount of time that Houston shit on Pizza Katana, but no, no, no. Like, let's say, okay, well, how much paintball does fucking Houston Heat play, right? Besides, besides the U.S. stuff, every single European thing, right? And then on top of that, you know, how much, how much practice do they get in? So it's like they're playing twice as much paintball, 
regardless, like let's say they get the same amount of practice time in the U.S., but just those those few times that they – well, no, just the five times that they go overseas to play, that's five more weekends that they're playing together as a yeah, team. And it's just painful. And, and, with, and with each other um, on the field, off the field – and they're just surrounded by each other and they're you know the camaraderie is there and everything so i i I think you know would it be the same would it be the same outcome i don't know um i think if it was a one-off thing i think if it was a five-man thing where the the layout was not released it's a fucking coin toss but there's like there was a nice experiment in 2016 with this team called chicago aftershock that had a ridiculously deep roster of a lot of experienced, talented players. And did that team do well? No, it didn't. <laughs> like, yeah, and it wasn't, it wasn't because the experience or talent wasn't there. You know, it wasn't, it was because of the fact that like y'all didn't have the budget to like play paintball every single weekend together against and go pro to teams. All, yeah. against four teams every, you know, that, that was a deep ass roster. Ronnie Dizon, LJ Woodley, Carl Markowski, Chris Sosin, uh, I can name more, Brian McKenna. Yeah. Um, AJ you know, Lawhead. AJ Lawhead, you know, uh, Robbie Velez, you know, a fantastic, talented team that sucked. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah sucked. I, it's, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, when you have, you know, when, when you have guys on the team that have strong egos and then on top of that, you have, uh, guys that don't believe in the coach and that then clicks get made. And then, you know, I don't know, I don't yeah. know everything that happened behind the scenes. Uh, I just know it didn't work. It you did. know, and, and for whatever reason it, uh, it, it didn't work, but you know, but, I, but I think, I think Bruno said this too. It's like, you know, with the format that we have now with the opportunity after opportunity, after opportunity to redeem yourself or to win a match with X ball, yeah. the more, experienced right. the more experienced and uh time on the field teams will 90 percent of the time come out on top but yeah. if you put my team against your team and it's one game and whoever wins wins i'll at least beat you once yeah you know it's kind of it, it's one of those things bruno always said I, I i will at least beat you once and you know that if if it happens like that then anybody has a chance. But with X-Ball, man, you, you get down or anything like that against a team that is just, you know, has been together forever and plays all the time together, good luck. Yeah, good luck. And that's why you consistently see the teams that we can rattle off in the top four. Yeah. Uh, the Russian, do the, the Russian fucking, region. do the top eight for the last five years. Yeah, it's pretty much the same. Same, 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 same. And you'll have one or two squeak in every now and then, but I mean, it's, right. it's... kudos to San Antonio X Factor for finally getting a W. Right? Yeah, that, yeah, that was a long time coming, man. And they they had, they played great paintball all weekend in Philly, and Washington Winston's are still a better ten man team for the rest of the year because we did better than them at ICC. But <laughs> how did <laughs> you guys? How did you pan out? Like, what would you guys yeah, finish? Twelfth like or whatever it was. Yeah, I think we did, we finished three places above X Factor. That's all I care about. Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember. I don't know. Remember where we finished at? Um, I can't even think. Yeah, they they were a long time. Remember that year? What was it? Was two thousand sixteen? Yeah, that they got second place every event. So, from 
from when the from the NXL started in 2015 to like 2016, X Factor was second place like almost every event. We had in 2015 when I played for them, we got two second places. Yeah, it was like at Great Lakes Open and and not, uh, it was at the next one, Nashville. World Cup was no. QCP and Dynasty for. Was it Nashville? We got mm-hmm. second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Against uh, Impact. Yep. Yeah. He got knocked out in the semifinals there. Two impacts. Impact beat him. Keith Brown played out of his mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy how I remember these shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's weird too because I remember like snippets. I don't know if it's because of like being there and watch or like being there and playing it or going back and watching video and going, oh yeah, I remember that play. I remember that that point. Yeah. I like watching the. I've been watching the YouTube stuff a lot lately and just kind of keeping myself involved in it. But this October marks like 20 years of playing paintball for me, and I've never taken a break. I've never quit. I've never taken a break. And it's just like, you know, it's it's as much as part of me as breathing is <laughs> for some reason. So, you know, that's probably – honestly, man, that's like why I stopped doing that podcast. Like I just can only dedicate so much of my – mental and creative energy into like this game and i'm trying to still play good paintball yeah you know i think i still have a little bit of it left in me so yeah i can't i I just watch those videos every so often just to kind of stay on top of it and kind of keep my mind working about it you know yeah it's the same thing i try and do um you know with with being able to stay kind of i wouldn't say relevant because i'm not really like relevant but it's just staying relevant with the times like myself staying relevant with the times and yeah. you know it's um i think paintball is just kind of a part of our character right you know part of your character part of mine especially with how young uh you know we all started doing this thing and how big of an impact on us because i i, I also think it wouldn't be as big of a of a part of our character and, and our whole persona if we came out of it with no friends you know, so it's like if paintball was just a thing that we did and then we went back to our friends, then I think it would be it wouldn't be as impactful and wouldn't be as meaningful. But because we get into it and you just you dig deep and then on top of that, you make friends with guys who are just dedicated as much as you are. And you are going through these battles and these journeys and these trips and these highs and these lows with all these guys. I think it means so, so much more year after year. How many you know. paintball weddings have you been to? I've been to more paintball weddings, like paintball friend weddings, and I've been to family <laughs> weddings. You know, like, and, and I don't even hang out with any of my high school friends. It's all paintball. It's, yeah. it's been all paintball guys that have turned into my, you know, that were my teammates that turned into my friends that I have have you know have had all of my memories with, you know, through halfway through high school up to now. Yeah, exactly, and and that's I think what probably one of the reasons why I'm still doing this thing is because all my best friends are on my paintball team, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, like, people I sometimes only get, some of my best friends that I only get to see five times a year, you know, or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And and that's and that's that. And that's what keeps, uh, that's what keeps me coming back every event, mm-hmm. you know, or every practice. Shit, driving an hour and 20 minutes to practice every weekend by myself, it sucks. I hate it. But then when I get there and you see your friends and 
say hi to them and crack open a couple beers halfway through practice and just you know hang out that's that's what that's what we're here for you know that's yeah that's it that's it whether you're playing on the pro level or the d3 level that's what it is right now yeah an hour an hour and a half is a good time to decompress after practice and 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 also like going to practice an hour and a half is good to just like kind of collect you know whether it be a podcast and, and you know or whether it be just you're thinking about it and it's just time to relax and kind of you know kind of get into the mindset but for me what sucks is like anything close is about two and a half hours away and then for for actual physical practice when I play Wait, the shock. Wait, drop zone? Oh, no, where's level up? Two and a half hours away in Columbus. Oh, shit. Well, the outside of Columbus, southwest yeah. outside of Columbus. Yeah. So, and then on top of that, if, you know, competitively playing, all the practices that I had to go to were in Chicago, in Chicago four hours away. Yeah. So it's, you know, it, that makes it, that makes it tough. But if it was an hour and a half away, an hour away, 45 minutes, fuck, dude. I, I could have, you know, you know, Hey, I'm going to go here for, you know, a quick, you know, a couple hours and do drills and have it not eat up the entire day or the weekend. Hey, yeah. And th- I think that's the biggest thing is like the, the times where, where maybe I wanted to play to just, just go and like do lanes or, or just do fucking anything, any, any little bullshit thing. I couldn't because I physically, it would physically just for me to go down there and come back is a five hour trip down the level up. And that's not gearing up. That's not gearing down. That's not the little amount of bullshitting that I try and do. Like, so that kind of goes into this whole thing. Um, when, whenever you play, whenever you practice or anything like that, like what, what is your, your bullshit meter? Like how much bullshitting of people sitting around and talking, do you let happen until you like, all right, all right, we got to get the fuck on the field. Like I'm, I'm, one who is like obviously I don't shoot a lot of paint, but I'm always constantly like at the start box. Like I'm I if I'm at practice, like I'm ready to fucking play. How much? Uh, well, I'm on a team full of potheads, and uh, <laughs> I love I love them. I mean, yeah, I, I yeah, like to. Dude, imbi- shock was I the like same to, thing. I like to imbibe as well, but mm-hmm. like when I'm when I'm playing paintball, like even at the ICC, like I had one beer throughout the day while we were playing and then at the yeah. end of the day when i'm gearing down that's when i drank when i was younger i would try to do the fucking whole i'm gonna drink beer all day while i'm playing paintball and it just never worked for me you know like to even think about putting a mask on while i had five beers in me no yeah. but like halfway through practice every practice there's a little team meeting that happens in the parking lot i never am involved in that and i'm already i have nine pods on my back i'm ready to play again all of a sudden there's a team meeting and I'm like, dude, like, can we just get this over with and like yeah. play some more paintball? And you know, usually what ends up happening is halfway you know, through the day, we end up if we're sucking, they get adjusted and they play better, you know, whatever it may be. And that's mm-hmm. that. That's their thing. And I appreciate that. But uh, I, you know, I want to just get. I I don't really care for drilling that much. I just want to play paintball. I want to play five on five, seven on seven, ten on ten. I just want to play. Be in the, the situations. Game. Yeah, because that's I think ninety percent of you know your experience or your uh, your what you can bring to the table is your experience, right? Yeah. Like, like your situational decision making, correct? And like 
the more repetitions you get in the, all those different experiences. And that's why practicing the layout is so important, right? Right. You know, you learn from those two weekends of doubles and you play 50 points compared to 20 points, you're going to get 30 more points of like when this player, this player, this player, this player, this player on your team are in these positions and the other team is in those five other positions mm-hmm. and all the different schematic of that or the breakout breakdown of that, sorry, that's where you get that experience. So when it comes down to that fifth point on Saturday, you know, you know exactly what to do because you've been there five or six times beforehand. Yeah. You know? But I think what's and, special uh, about like not seeing a layout though is you get the organic moves. Mm. Like you get the organic moves, and you're like, oh shit, like that was that was fucking sweet. And then you see everybody work off of that, and you see the the build up of like learning the field, and and teams yeah. and and teams and guys, uh, players. I'm sorry, uh, for all the female players out there, but um, like you see the players figure shit out on the fly and i think that is what's like super intriguing for me is like finding the holes and the you know threading the needles and Hmm. and finding the gaps yeah we made we made a rule a long time ago with the winstons is that we're not allowed we don't allow ourselves as a team at least to walk the field so like my idea of walking the field for 10 minutes is knowing how long it takes for me to get from the parking lot with all my gear to our staging area and then from the staging area to the air station and from the air station to the field. That's me walking the field for 10 men. Yeah. And and we see that at ICC. Devin and Nico, it was our first, their first time playing ICC with us. Um, they played 10 men before with our team for at the NXL. And the Thursday, we're walking around, or Friday, sorry, and... Devin's like, hey, I'm going to go walk the field. Do you want to come? And I'm like, dude, it's against the rules. You can't walk the field. And he looked at me like I had four heads. <laughs> and I was serious. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to go walk the field. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, we'll learn about it when we play it. You know, we did decently. We we made it on after our, in our bracket. Uh, we didn't get a wild card spot. Yeah. Or did we? I think, yeah, they took top three out of each bracket. We got the third spot in our bracket. But I think that's what's fun, man. Like, I love... As much as it probably didn't help my team out that much, I will I will do so much to try and challenge myself individually yeah. uh, to make not necessarily like make it hard on myself, but just to kind of have these smaller inside little challenges of like only bringing gonna, four pots out for the fifty on the break too. And then yeah. Yeah, just do like shit like that, and like, um, like I will walk a field like at a tournament. Obviously, uh, I will walk a field, but at the same time, it's kind of like you, you want to leave, for me, that little room for like excitement of like yeah. finding a treasure, like a little treasure. Oh, you find this little spot. And I think that's what's cool about like you know, walking or or not walking a field and playing it. Like you find these little like, ooh, I found that. Ooh, I found that. Yeah, ooh, yeah, I found yeah. that in the yeah. moment, kind of a thing. And you know, I, I don't know if they're gonna switch over to um to to not releasing the fields. I think they're gonna gonna keep it the same. Um, well, that seems to be the modus operandi for the people in charge of paintball for the past twenty years. It's like, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Well, you know, even yeah. baseball's been around for one hundred fifty years. They're still changing shit. They mm-hmm. changed baseball this year. You know, to what? It's a it's a it's a more aerodynamic baseball, and a lot of pitchers are complaining about it because they don't get the same kind of grip. And then a lot of batters are loving it because they're hitting a lot more home runs. Look what did up. they change about it? Is it not wrapped the same the way? Seams. They change the seams on the baseball. 
Really? So it's more aerodynamic now. Like what? So it's not like the the loopy pattern like that anymore. It's, it's no, it's still the same, but they're not as raised. It's like more of like some kind of fusion. I don't. Just Google it. You'll you'll learn all about it. But again, even baseball is changing shit, and they've been baseball has been around as an institution since what eighteen the eighteen hundreds. Yeah. You know, like so. Like we've been around for how many years as a professional sport? Thirty years, thirty five years, mm-hmm. and you know we just refuse to change shit. Yeah, it's I, it's. I think the biggest thing that changes what I uh, mentioned earlier is like. Where are the new players coming from? You know, where are they coming from? It's not yeah. coming. It, it, Ten years from now, like, where is the professional paintball going to be? Because Ryan Greenspan can be playing five years. In 10 years. But five years. Yeah. Ryan Greenspan can be playing paintball in five years. Uh, on Dynasty, you know, like, no, no disrespect to Ryan Greenspan. Well, even Yosh. I don't know Yosh, if Yosh is going to be around. Ryan Moorhead is the same age as me. He's mm-hmm. a He's the same age. We're all the same age, you know. I mean, especially if he keeps playing with no arm pads. I mean, the guy's like, he's a wild. He's a wild man. He's a maniac. What are you doing playing around no arm pads? You maniac. You know, like, but again, like, like, where are these new kids coming from? Where are they? Especially, the, oh, look at all the semi-pro teams or the D two teams, or God, the D four teams. Yeah. You know, my friends just wanted the EPL here in uh, in New Jersey. Those kids, those kids, some of them are older than me. Those guys have been playing paintball for 15 years and they're playing a D4 tournament, you know? What the fuck? (laughs) Why are people that are 35 years old playing D4 allowed to even? Right. Because we have a ranking system that's worked 10 years ago. That's, you know, like, come on, man. Dude, APPA sucks. Here, here. No, 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 no. It's, it's annoying to look at one because it looks like it's it looks like it did when it first came out yeah has not changed like make a little bit of an effort to make it a little bit more easily accessible and then on top of that make it look better like just run i've run tournaments with appa and let me tell you the back end system the ranking system the database system it's all amazing the problem is the institution needs to change because you have the rules state that this is what di- dictates a D4 player. That's it's it's bullshit. Like a D4 should not even exist. It should be a rookie division. You should be able to play in it for maybe a year tops, two years tops, and never be able to play it again. But right. you got these people. It's institutional sandbagging, and there was a it's a system designed to prevent sandbagging, and <laughs> that needs to change first and foremost because that's probably one of the biggest holdbacks from having rookies playing paintball is they're gonna these young kids 16 17 18 years old that want to get into the sport are playing against 35 year old salty dudes who have no problem shooting you 50 times you know what i mean like yeah yeah like well and you know i'm saying like how is there not another appa or how is there not another kind of institutional uh ranking system that hasn't come in that was better or... They were supposed to do it a couple of years ago. They happened to there. There was a glitch in the matrix that allowed someone to gather all the data from APPA 
and be able to cross it over to their new system, but they never really wanted to, I guess, invest the money into like making it happen. Yeah. It's like back end shit. Like this is like totally behind closed doors back end stuff. And the NXL wanted to make their own APPA. They probably realized that they didn't have the smarts, the wherewithal, or the time. They'd rather just have Chris Rail keep doing it. And kudos to him. He's developed uh, a very awesome niche for himself. And he's a well, super Yeah, he's the only player. one that has it. So yeah, it's like, who else is going to challenge it? He's got to run a tournament. You know, like ICC was ran ridiculously smooth. Why? Because Tim and Chris sat down and said, this is how we're going to run it, and this is what makes most sense. And it was beautiful. There was no glitches in it. And that was an old-school paintball tournament. Yeah. We're playing on four different fields for the weekend with 72 teams. And it was – we never missed a game. I don't know about you guys, but we never missed a game. We never were late to a game. The fields always seemed to be running decently on time or around the scheduled time that you'd want to play. Yeah. And that was really, you know, hats off to Chris Rail for for commandeering that. You know, it really you can't deny that at all. You know, you'd be silly or ignorant to deny that. No, and I, I think it was more than just him, though. I mean, on top of it, I mean, you have seventy two teams. You play each field twice, and then you go into what? So you played six games on one day, and then two and games. They cycled all the teams accordingly through the field. So, like, if you started on. It was always the same cycle. So if you started on the mounds, you ended on hybrid, and it was every team ran that cycle the same. Yeah. You you played every field accordingly. So it, they ran all seventy two teams and each bracket perfectly, and it worked great. It was now how did they do the how did they do Sunday third event playing ICC and I was I'm can always been pleasantly surprised at how smooth the tournament run oh it know? was it was great it without a hiccup i feel um uh, how did they decide what teams were playing what field on sunday i think it remember it was like a uh they put every bracket into like the the trophy and just pulled random brackets out so like you so, randomly played one of the three fields did you, you guys moved on right yeah. Yeah. So, like, we were sitting there all at the score table when everyone was moving on, and they, they announced all the teams and what seeds they had. And then they put every team in appropriate brackets based on their seeds, which is normal. And then they took all those brackets and put them in the, in the magic Harry Potter trophy and pulled <laughs> what field you're playing on out yeah. of there. Completely random. You know, and that that's that, that's a kind of a nice throwback to like my love of MPPL. Like when we would play on the Spider Field for the first round of Sunday, and be, you know, we played really well on the Spider Field at Jacksonville 2008, and then the next round we played on the Angel Field, and we sucked in prelims on the Angel Field. Yeah. And go figure, we got knocked out on that field. You know, <laughs> like I was glad that we played our first round of. Sunday at ICC on the mounds field because well, my team played really well on the mounds field. You know, yeah. I'm glad that we didn't play on the hyperpipe field because that, that was a grinder. That field was a grinder, man. Yeah, we did. We did uh, our finals games. I think it was to the two on the in the woods against against the, the hybrid s- field or the woods field. No, the woods field against Saber Wolves, and then 
was the other one? I can't think of them now. Did you get the right side? The good no. side? You got the no, side. so the so against the Saber Wolves, yes, we got the right side, but the other team we got low side. But we Did won you... the low side. And you lost against Saber Wolves. We won against Saber Wolves. So you won both your games first round of sun Sunday because mm-hmm. you play on Sunday anyway. So you yep. moved on and you got knocked out by yep. Dynasty. Mm. Did Andy Kopkop play on Dynasty back in the day? I don't know. I was trying to think of that too. I always think of him as an infamous guy. You know, like he was on a Miami Effect. He was on Infamous. Was he on Avalanche? I think he was. But he wasn't. He was. I don't remember him being on Dynasty back in the day. And that's what was kind of confusing for a lot of us. No, and I, I, like, I remember him being on X Factor. And was he on Image? Was he Image? I don't know. That's that's before my time. I had an Image Matrix, but that was. Yeah, usually I know this shit, and I just can't for some reason with Andy. Like I couldn't really put my finger on who he played for before X Factor. He was on X Factor. You're right in the yeah. beginning of X Factor. Mm-hmm. Back in like '06. Yeah. Yeah, he was on that team. But he, you know, I I bet he played on like Adrenaline or. What was that team that came at? Not Adrenaline. Um, the team that all the X Factor guys came at. We used to want to be from Texas. Storm? The 10 team. No. I think it was Adrenaline. Adrenaline, right? I think so. It had to have been. Yeah. You know, there's very few teams that come out and they're like the, pr- the plural this. Like the Pumpkins. Or the, pumpkins. the Saber Wolves. It's always like... Uh, team chair, or fucking dynasty, or or for you, you're. I mean, you're the Winston's. What the fuck is a Winston? I don't know, but you, don't know. But, no <laughs> but like you don't hear very much of like like the Tigers or the this thisers or the thatters or the thisers. It's always like some fucking you know the bucket or whatever team name you know. But it's impact. just yeah, he... impact, aftershock, aftershock. Uh, Some kind of adjective, almost. Ta- well, the Tontons. No, because well, it was the Tonton Flingers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the what is that in it's French? A, it's candy. It's a candy. Really? A candy. It's a candy ball in 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 French. I like never little, knew that. Little ball. Yeah. The Tonton Flingers. They fling candy at you, pink <sighs> candy with their Nexus egos or whatever they shot. They shot angels. Oh. No, 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 no! They didn't. They had shockers. They had luxes. Shockers. They had yellow and blue shockers, right? The yellow and blue tauntaun shockers. <laughs> so ugly. I'm gonna do the yellow and blue. It My buddy picked up a nasty shocker, SFD shocker, and was shooting it on Instagram, and it shot. It looked like it shot flawlessly. Those were awesome guns. Those SFT shockers, dude. That I re- I really enjoyed shooting those shockers. But the one, so after shooting, like I was on Tipman Effect. And uh, we won, I think it was IEO in 2003, maybe. And Which was the last year of IEO, or 2004 was? I think 2004 was. Yeah. I could be wrong, though. But uh, we won the the next, I think it was the next gen or Gen X Matrix. Yeah, with, Gen X. With, yeah, Gen X. X with, with no eyes, no yep. nothing, stock, matte black, like yep. the fucking t- a tall feed neck. 
And yep. it was the first gun where I picked it up and I played with it with no eyes, no nothing like that. And it had the softest shot and well, was you just... You used oh. to be able to tune the, the bolt speed of that gun so you could put your finger down the breech and pull mm -hmm. the trigger and it would bounce off your finger. It was incredible. on a Halo B and just be ripping. I had a Jenny Matrix. I eventually sent it to the Matrix Center in, in the Carolinas. Yeah. And got eyes put in it before, you know, right before I sold it. But those guns, those guns shot amazing. I mean, it was a giant brick of a gun. Oh, dude, it's so heavy. <laughs> it was, just, it yeah. was heavy. It was heavier, if not as heavy as my fucking 98 that I had. But yeah. did, did die buy the patent for that and create the die matrix? So there was a rumor, and I don't know if this is true or not, but like when they bought that intellectual property from Jenny to make the original matrix or the original die matrix, they had the, the technology to build, break the bolt system down smaller and smaller and smaller every year. So off the bat in like 2004, whenever they bought that IP, they had the ability to make the what ended up being, I guess, the DM five. I think it was whatever. a DM. I think it was a DM five when they well, first. DM four was the first. DM four. That's right. Five. Then DM six, DM seven, DM eight, DM nine, DM ten, and then they had the NT in there, and now they have you know the twelve, thirteen, mm -hmm. fourteen, and whatever the fuck they're calling it now. Yeah. But apparently they had the technology to like build it down, build the bolt system smaller and smaller. Shave and it all. Shave it down from, I mean, think of it. It's like if you're an engineer and you have this bolt system, if you took apart, remember you took out the back screw, yep. and the, the little plate. screw that, and the plate and the whole front out. chamber came off. You had to take a dowel to pull the bolt out, to push the bolt out, to even get it out. You couldn't yeah. pull it out with your finger. You take another tool, a dowel, wooden dowel, and push out the bolt to pull it out. But if you pull that system out and you compare that system to a DM12, basically the same damn thing, just right. smaller, you know? Did you know on the die, the DM4s, in the milling itself, it said die? Yeah. On the side it, of the marker? Yeah. It yeah. Was awesome. I had a gloss <laughs> red one. It was a beautiful gun. It shot amazing, too. It was just an amazing shooting gun with brake beam eyes. I was literally just talking about that at the bar uh, earlier t tonight because um, my buddy at the bar, he, he plays paintball, but he plays in the woods. Mm -hmm. And he's been playing paintball for as long as I have, but he's been only playing in the woods. So he has like, you know, a dam, a die assault matrix. He has like, you know, pump guns, tipmans and stuff like that. Yeah. He's, he never, he had like an invert mini, you know, he's never really gotten our guns like a Lux or, or a Planet Eclipse gun. But we were talking about that, and I was like, do you remember the Smart Parts Impulse and how it destroyed the Angel Market? And he's like, oh, yeah, I remember that gun. Do you think it was that, or do you think it was the Intimidator? I think it was both at the same time. The Intimidator, remember, was still an ex over $1,000 gun retail. The Impulse right. with, with Vision retailed at $800. So you can get an Impulse back then in 2003 or four for $800 that would compete the angels didn't even have eyes if you remember back then yeah remember people jb welded that hk eyes onto the <laughs> whenever i think of angels too i always think of somebody taking their swab like when the bolt would get stuck forward and always somebody taking their swab and going it was like tsh, they always go Tum, and have yeah. to fucking <laughs> hoping not to hit a ball like holding it upside down and fucking 
Well, that's what I find funny about the ICC is like people are still shooting autocockers, which, you know, like, like I don't have cool, that nostalgia. They're cool, but like, are you gonna try to race a 1968 Camaro against the 2019 Corvette? Like, are you serious? You know, like, if you're trying to actually compete, that's what I bought a, a CVO at the event. I was like, I just want to have the best thing I can have for mechanical right now. And it, that CVO shot flawlessly. My teammates had the G-Tech 170R. Dude. Dude, those guns are amazing. Just like, the just the E-Mech that I have, the stock yeah, fucking, the, 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 model. the gun that is sent to the fields yeah. with, without the PAL system or anything like that. Like I had the first one that they came out with. Yeah. And I, I like I told him I was like I want the most stock fucking thing. I have it. You still have to screw it into the ASA like in the bottom. Yeah, there's no slide. I don't yeah. even have it on off. I still screw the shit in. I'm like I want it as stock as possible. And just that thing alone, dude, is like it shoots so amazing and it feels so good in your hands and it's so yeah. light and it's like it's just it's ridiculous, dude. Th- that's all I have right now. I have no other marker besides that Emac. Because it, it's so much fun to play with. Yeah, I mean, I have an enemy, um, the tactical one, like the, I don't know what you call it, but it has all like the freaking rails all over it. Yeah. And I shot it last year at ICC and it shot flawlessly. I, it, it shot amazing, but it's just heavy. So I just wanted right. something, you know, like my Lux, but mechanical, you know? So mm-hmm. I went out, I talked to the guys before the event. I said, hey, I'm going to buy a CVO at the event. They said, yeah, we'll have one for you. I bought one at the event, you know, because I wanted, and I'm going to use it, what, once a year, twice a year? <laughs> yeah. I use it the, uh, the, the weekend after to play woods ball with just so I can get some freaking miles on it to feel like I justify <laughs> spending my money. There you go. Somehow. Dude, I'm going to go, I'm going to go teach a clinic with this thing in a few weeks. Wait, you're still teaching clinics? I'm always teaching clinics. Really? No, I'm not. I'm actually, this is just kind of, I've only done it like twice this year. But yeah, I'm going to do one, and I'm going to do a scenario event too. Where? Out in, uh, let's see. Oh, shit, what's the field called? It's in Pittsburgh. Uh, one's in Pittsburgh, and I think one's in Maryland. But um, Where in Maryland? I'm not far from Maryland. Oh, let's see. I'm in, I'm in Princeton, New Jersey. It's like a two-hour drive to Maryland. So it's going to be... Um, uh, let's see if I can bring it up. There's OXCC in Chesapeake City. That's it. That's where the MAO used to be. And then I'm, I think I'm doing the clinic there. And then you think I would know this shit. But um, there's too many paintball fields. That are, and then on target paintball, I'm doing the, the Living dude, Dead. Dude, you're playing Living Dead? Yeah. That's First of all, it's an hour <laughs> away for me. And second of all, it's one of the, I was a general in Living Dead. Uh couple of years ago 2016 or 17 i was a general yeah. for like the team that won and like basically halfway through the day i was like to, to the game director i was like i'm done being a general i just want to be a player again yeah and i had the most fun of my life like that event is so much fun like there's a whole team of zombies running around like people that are don't have a gun the only guns that they're allowed to have are, are mag fed or pump guns so they're called like they call them like zombie spitters. Like mm-hmm. it's fucking nerd LARPing shit. But like, <laughs> it's fun. It's so much, like, the last year I played it, we were taking me and Steve Wozniak on my team. We were taking all the props that you collect to like get points, 
we were taking all the other teams' props that we'd find on the field and like throw them into like the lake or mm -hmm. the creek, so like it would just make them really annoying for other people to get. We were just making a whole thing of it, and then yeah. the one year I just bought like twenty smoke grenades and was just throwing smoke grenades everywhere. That's that's a really fun field. Their castle, Mega Fortress, is so much fun to play. So are you playing? Uh, I don't plan on it, but if you're going to be there, I'll fucking make sure I am there. Yeah, she just come down and hang out, man. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm like an hour away from that field. It's right down 206, like, uh, which is like a state road that connects Princeton to South Jersey. Uh, I'm on Team Savages. Like, what's, oh, like the Team Savages? So, yeah, so the one side, yeah, so the one side is, uh, I think it's called oh, the Savages. The Brotherhood, the Brotherhood lost like last year. That was like the so the whole storyline is like it's a post-apocalyptic world where zombies have taken over, <laughs> and then like, <laughs> dude, it's ridiculous, but it's so much fun. Like it's it's a lot of fun. When is that? September twenty-first. Because I'm doing the clinic. I'm doing a clinic on Saturday, and then Sunday I'm doing the scenario. I'll come out. Uh, that's a weekend after Chicago. Hell yeah! Thankful because every, the last two years they had the event on the same weekend. One of the layout weekends for Chicago, oh, so I didn't. Yeah, I couldn't go. Yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm always down to like do clinics that are close, that are like driving distance or like just a sh like a short trip away. Um, but like I don't really do any too many clinics now that are that are out of. I didn't really jump on that train. I wish I did when I was younger, when I like I played on Avalanche and everything. I wish I really jumped on the just go do clinics because uh, during the Avalanche days um, is kind of when I was finding my own kind of groove and whatnot. And and I was I was uh, living in Minnesota at the time, and I had I didn't have anything else to do. I had no other fucking obligations besides play paintball. Yeah, and I really, really kind of kick myself. You know, people are like, "No regrets." I was like, "No, I wish I was a fucking smarter back then and took advantage." No regrets. <laughs> no regrets. And then, uh, like, took advantage of the recognition and everything that I was getting, and and use that to my advantage to be able to go and teach clinics, you know, around the states, or even go to fucking Europe or something, and 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 be able to just get better as a person and as a as a player, but then also be able to help. Uh, you know, first and foremost, actually be able to help out players coming up and, and share my knowledge. Well, I mean, like if I were, I've never been to a pro clinic ever. And I, I kind of am thinking about doing it just to knock it off the bucket list. Hey, I'm, I'll, I'll be teaching one. <laughs> <laughs> but like if I were to go to a Carl Markowski clinic, I would, first of all, want to be a front player. Right. And no, like, dude. All all ages, all all positions of play. All we do is just shoot lanes all day. Yeah, I'm not going. That's to that the clinic. clinic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go to your clinic to learn what to do when I get to the 50 yard line off a break. That's there you what I'm go. Do. We're gonna learn that, and then everything in between. There's there's a lot that goes yeah, into yeah. it. And you know, like I I've seen the videos and like talked to some of the players that have done like the more in depth clinics, like. Dude, I'm sure Ryan Greenspan's clinic is a fantastic clinic for like a younger player or Marcelo, like one of these guys that like, um, they have it locked in too. Like, yeah, I mean that's their set. shit. Yeah, that's their shit, you know. And that's what they're. I, I that brings up a thought. Like, 
what is what is the what are those guys plans in five years you know like i don't know man it's you know that's that's a tough one too like i know kid you know yeah yeah so it's it's one i think it's one of those things where every clinic that you go to i think is gonna be different too because you know it's not like it's not like going to a you know a different sport clinic where you just learn the basics and this and that, which you will learn at a paintball clinic. But yeah. the individual player or players that are teaching the clinic are going to teach you from their perspective and their point of view. Like yeah. I will, I, I'm obviously going to, going to teach guys and girls how to uh, you know properly shoot a lane because I I still know how to fucking shoot a lane. I know what to look for here and this and that. And that you you have to be that well-rounded to be able to, you know, teach everybody else. But, you know, but yeah, for the most part, there's plenty, of, there's plenty of plays where a front, front player delays as a two position and busts out to a 50 yard line. Exactly. You have to kind of know how to edge your lane. Yeah. But I, I want like each individual clinic that I do to kind of be a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a sneak peek into my kind of mindset and my thinking on the field and what I look for, what I think about what my decision-making process is like, uh, just to kind of have that perspective from my side. So I hope that's what people are, you know, are looking forward to going to one of my clinics. Uh, you know, hopefully when they sign up, they that they know that that's kind of what they're getting into. Not necessarily yeah. like do 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 do. You know, this drill. You know, we're gonna do this. You know, basic drill and this basic drill. Like we're gonna do interactive shit that that I feel is the best functionally uh, for all the players from everywhere. I think a big part of the, like going to a clinic thing in the first place is like these are guys that are clearly invested in like becoming a better paintball player mm-hmm. or like learning something or like just they're just you know guys that are really super stoked about the sport as it is so they're gonna be like a sponge and like garner something just one little thing from yeah you know I remember going to like lacrosse clinics when I was in high school and like those were like some of the best times i ever had like just learning a little different way of picking up a ground ball mm-hmm. or like learning a different tactic of, of of uh you know breaking into the offensive zone or getting out of the offensive zone going back into defense whatever it may be and right. and i haven't played lacrosse in so long but that was a fun sport back in the day <laughs> running around with sticks and hitting each other yeah you know <laughs> but like paint, paintball is the same way like you know you go to a clinic to just get a little if you can walk away with one little thing whether it be a better way of holding your gun off the break or just like this is what i do to prepare for an event mm-hmm. the two weeks before the event like if that sticks with someone kudos like that's awesome you yeah know? well i think it's what i think it's that little bit of information that you have might not have thought about or thought about in that way that could possibly change your whole outlook on or your whole taking on the game or prep for the game or prep for a certain situation. And I think that's going to a physical clinic and learning that I I think is key. And I think people can learn that from videos and watching YouTube and doing this, but I I don't think it's as putting putting our pants on, get airing your tank up, you know, your gun physically being there with that person. It's, it's way more important, you Mm -hmm. know, experiential learning i think more than likely 90 percent of human beings are experiential learners like it's part of our dna Mm -hmm. you know yeah and i think there's something to being able to ask somebody well why well why why do you do that you know with videos it's just because 
right? You're yeah. doing this because I, some some guys will explain it, but but they might not explain it in terms that you might understand. Not saying that people out there are fucking stupid, but I'm just saying that some people take in different words and different phrases or different, you know, uh, um, I can't even think of it. It's not a, not a synonym, but a fucking, you know, when you compare something, when you make it, you know. Analogy. Analogy, exactly. So different analogies, which I try and use uh, with different people, as you get to know them throughout the clinic too, you kind of you kind of start teaching people in different ways, and I think that's yeah. what makes a good uh, a good clinic too. Is you if you can make it as personal as you can, I think that helps people kind of absorb better, quicker. Do you do you faster. limit your clinic number? I like to keep it around twenty, at the most. Yeah, twenty yeah. or less. Yeah. Just because you, you, you don't get that time now, you know, because, uh, you know, anymore, you're really having to kind of limit your time on who gets it, on what drills they're going to get it at. Um, and it's, I just don't think it's – and especially me being by myself, 20 is, is, is a good number. But if I'm doing it with like two or three other guys, obviously we can we can split yeah. the uh, – a little more the, personalized. Yeah, exactly. I, I coach the Drexel paintball team. I've been coaching them since 2013. Um, my alma mater and hats off to them. Shout out. They right there. They, yeah. uh, they won the last, uh, national championship and I wasn't there cause I the had the Drexel practice. dragoons, the Drexel dragoons. Um, <laughs> they, I had to practice for Dallas, so I didn't fly to, uh, Florida and, you know, help them win. They won on their own. And mm -hmm. those, that group of kids I've been coaching for two, three years. And when I coach them, like I try to keep it simple, stupid and just, you know, do a standard breakout. But like what I really try to focus on is each watching each individual player and then like letting them know what they did right or what they did wrong off the field in a positive way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and the biggest thing that I've taught them is preparedness, right? The reason why I'm even on the team that I'm on right now is because I've always prided myself in being prepared, having a gun that works, having a mask with, with lenses that are not scratched to shit. Yeah. Having cleats, having a squeegee, having lubricant, having my gun, you know, charger, having extra tools, having an extra gun for for my teammates. Right. And and I teach that to these kids and let them know, like, hey, the worst thing you can do, and I'll bench people. I bench kids for tournaments because they didn't change their batteries the night before, and their gun went down in the middle of a point. And because that gun went down in the middle of a point, they dropped a zone, which fucked up the whole game plan and fucked up their teammates' ability to be the best paintball players that can be mm. and win a, win a point. And I'm like, I'll, they'll come off the field and I'll, my loader wasn't working. I was like, when did you change the batteries? Oh, uh, a month ago. You, you dingus, you should have changed it last night. No, you <laughs> lie at that point and go, I don't, I don't, yesterday, and I don't know what's going on. And then you fucking go off to the side and then you fucking <laughs> put new batteries. You know, accountability, right? You know, yeah. That's the biggest thing. And when we're trying to, compete in the pro level the semi-pro level the d3 level every single person on the field has to be accountable especially when mm -hmm. you only have five bodies and one guy is dead that's 20 percent of your firepower that's done yeah you know and if it's loaders jammed because someone in the pit forgot to clean out the pods from the the little plastic shrapnel that happens when you make the pod and mm -hmm. it jams your loader up you know that's on those 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 poor pod guys. <laughs> like yeah. whatever, you know, I'm not gonna give them that much shit. But 
you know, I'll be accountable for not checking all my pods beforehand. Mm-hmm. So I get, and I've learned that shit from like pitting for Houston Heat for however long I've been doing it for since 2013, yeah. and learning about all the things that I can do in the pit to mitigate uh, problems from happening on the field for my players. And I take that kind of mentality and bring it to my own personal game. game. And then I've learned to bring that to my, my team now. Or yeah. my team, who were a bunch of potheads a couple of years ago, uh, now are buying new lenses before an event. Or yeah. buying squeegees or getting microfibers. Getting a cooler full of dry ice to keep our paint cool at Philly. Yeah. You know, like, these are all the things that like I can teach to these people um, that hopefully give us a W. You know, we did well at Dallas. We didn't do so well hot at Philly, which was I'm not going to blame it on the field condition or anything like that because every other team had to deal with that. But, you know, hopefully we go into the Chicago event with a little bit of fire under our asses. Yeah. Yeah, I think you want to be a cog. You're, you don't want to be a cog. You want to be grease. You want yeah. to make you want to make things go as smoothly as possible, no matter w- whether you're on the field trying to do damage, um, whether you're a bad guy, or whether you're the fucking a part of the pit crew. Yeah. You want if or if you exactly if you are more efficient, the team is more efficient. Mm-hmm. And I mean that's what it comes down to. Are you going to be at Chicago? I will not. You're not even going to go. No, I just I'm I have prior obligations that I just family shit that you know I that's becoming more and more important to me than mm. uh than going to a paintball tournament how old, how old uh, is your oldest now two three three yeah yeah about three yeah, and a half and right my youngest time, is seven months right around the time where they start really becoming their own having an attitude and Dude, I go to work not, and my wife calls me yeah. with on FaceTime with him because he's like he keeps you know wanting to talk to me and you know asking for me and everything so you know, going to any of these tournaments and being gone for longer than, you know, a day. Days, is, yeah. Is, yeah, it's tough. So I'm looking why, forward to that event, actually. What's that? What were we going to say? What were you going to say? I said I'm looking forward to that event, actually. Paintball's fun. Yeah, I'm flying in Wednesday morning. I'm going to spend all day Wednesday with my teammate, Andy Choi, who's a chef at a Michelin-rated restaurant in New York City. We're just going to go around Chicago eating Ooh. all day Wednesday. My buddies from the bar are actually going to be in Chicago for Riot Fest, which is some concert at like Millennium Park. Um, so Sunday night, I'm probably going to be kicking out with them, and I'm flying out Monday night, so I'm going to have all oh. day Monday to hang out. Chicago is such an awesome city. Like I'm looking forward to that event from like more than just a paintball perspective. Like mm-hmm. from last year, I went to Chicago during the same weekend that the NXL event was there. I didn't go to the event one day. My team didn't play, and I just went around the city with my girlfriend and was just eating all weekend. Yeah. Gaining 20 pounds, you know. And uh, I look forward to that kind of shit more, more and more um, mm-hmm. with the with the paintball events. So, Dude, if you can do that, if you can fly in Wednesday morning and fly out Monday night at every single event, if you could afford those times, those days off, dude, it would, it would be so much more worth it. To, to be in the city of where you're at, to be able to experience the whole thing, you know, the uh, the, the event, obviously, but also just be able to, like, hang out and do shit outside the paintball field, like, with your buddies. 
yeah with your teammates or your, or your buddies or whatever and not feel so constrained to you know yeah. having to fly out and make flights and do this and do that everybody comes in and just kind of relaxes yeah i'm looking forward to that for sure for sure and i i got invited to go to amsterdam and i really wanted to go the winstons yeah. are playing in amsterdam as a d2 x-ball team oh wow and i really wanted to go but the way i looked at it was I'd like to buy a house in 2020 yeah. and you know, I need to really start budgeting my money appropriately. And if I'm going to go to Amsterdam, it's, it's always going to be there. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd like to go to Amsterdam for sure. You know, I'd like to go to, to Oktoberfest in Germany for sure. Yeah. Um, do I need to do it when there's a paintball event there? No, I can just go, to those places when there's not a paintball event, mm-hmm. you know, and just experience that, that area, you know, yeah. I've never been to Europe. I'd, I'd like to go sometime. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a lot of fun. Um, I love France. France is, uh, I've been there six times from just paintball alone. And every time is a lot of fun. I speak a little bit of French where I can be polite and, um, towards the end of the week, it, Paris is such an amazing city with so much history. Like, yeah. I mean, you're you're in Ohio, so you're a little bit closer to the history that we have here. But then you go to Europe, and like, shits. There's things that were built in like 800 AD. Like, there's <laughs> things ridiculous. that were built in like 1000 AD, and you're like, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> you know? it's so nuts, man. What was that question you were going to ask earlier? <sighs> I don't know. Must not have been that important. Must not have been. But I do. Uh, so, so you are done with the podcast? Yeah, officially. Yeah, I sold my microphones uh, last week. Really? Actually, yeah. And, and like, I was always thinking about doing it again, and it really again comes down to like how much mental fortitude I can put towards. And as I told you before, uh, in, in other conversations, like the way I wanted to do the podcast was always sit down in person, mm-hmm. you know, drink some beers. I want people on the other end that are listening to hear the, the crack open of a beer. And I want them to, you know, hear the sparking of a cigarette or, uh, the, the kicking of a table or I want, and the I just, interruptions. I could never, I could not devote the kind of creative vision to that thing that I wanted to. And the only time that I could find to do it was at these events. And when teams are flying in on, or players are flying in Thursday morning and flying out Sunday night, you know, how am I going to sit down and have a good conversation with someone for an hour and a half? Mm-hmm. You know, you have to show up to someone's hotel room at nine o'clock at night after they're done with their team meeting and hope that they have enough energy to get through an hour long podcast. Right. You know, it just didn't, it didn't jive with me and I, and I do miss it. Um, I, I canceled my SoundCloud Pro account. Um, so there's no, you can't listen to any of the paintball podcasts anymore unless you have them already downloaded. I have all of it. Um, yeah. the SoundCloud account is still lying dormant. Um, I could reactivate it anytime if I wanted to get it back up. Um, and I, I, I certainly applaud you for continuing to do this in your, retirement um i listen to every single podcast that you put out every single time um i appreciate it i know i listen to every single 
I, I I'm still a year back in my Joe Rogan shit. Um, and I, I'm listening to the Penn Gillette one he just put out. Um, I love Penn. It's yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, it's it's turned out to be a great one. Um, but yeah, I I'm sitting here right now in my quote unquote studio, um, looking at the table where people used to sit with the microphone. And uh, if you notice, I don't have a microphone on me. I'm just using my Macintosh Pro microphone, and I, I do miss it. I, I do miss it. Um, because I thought it, it was a lot. It was a lot of fun, and I thought people really liked it. Um, but I just, I, I can't, I can't dedicate the kind of uh, creative vision that I wanted to do with it anymore. Mm-hmm. So, it's, it is what it is. I'm glad that through my podcast, your podcast started. I really am. Um, yeah. You know whether. And maybe that's me being egotistical or not, but like, you know, you were on my podcast and three months later you started your own. So, and you're still doing it and I'm glad that you're doing it because it gives me something to consume, you know? Yeah, dude, it was definitely your being on your, your podcast and listening to yours and kind of seeing the direction that, that you had set for yourself with yours uh, and the conversations that we've had just kind of ignited my wanting to do it like even more so the last three episodes you put out with with travis and um with the dude from paint magazine chris yeah dude that was awesome um that was a really good one and uh the dude from mpp and pl um matt i've been uh, i'm sorry that i'm blanking out on their names No, Uh, no no that's fine but especially the matt one like I was sitting there listening to it while I was grilling. I love to cook. So I was sitting there grilling and listening to that podcast and like, fuck, like <laughs> this is exactly what I think. And this is exactly mm-hmm. what I feel. And like, I want to just interrupt in your conversation. I can't cause it's like, you know, been already had, but I think that's the beauty of these, these podcasts. It makes people think about like what, what can be, what should be, what was, what is, you know, I wish, I, I, I really hope that some of these people in the, the powers that be listen to this shit and like, maybe reflect. I don't know. Like, I love paintball and I'll always love paintball and I, I know it can be better and I wish it could be better, and I feel like sometimes we're like powerless, mm-hmm. but with this platform that you have, um, I think that like you have the ability to maybe give a nudge in the right direction, you know? Yeah. And that, and that's why, like, I wanted to do my third podcast here with you is like, I wanted to talk about how sweet ICC was and how if you missed ICC, you're a fucking fool. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> and I almost missed it. Like that shit sold out in 18 minutes. And Tim Andres sort of texted me. He was like, dude, are you going to sign up? <laughs> and I was like, what? Yeah. So I sign up and then it was sold out. And I'm glad that I got the insider info that he was opening up 16 more spots. You know, I was going to get on another team either way. I wasn't going to miss it. But like, it would have been a sad event if the Winstons didn't play that event because we are the best 10 man team in 2019, whether you like it or not. We're the best 10 man team in the past 10 years. Whether anyone wants to say it or argue against it, like, Aftershock used to be the best 10 man team, Dynasty used to be another one. Winstons are the current best 10 man team. 
look at the fucking APPA record. <laughs> like, just look at it, you know? And yeah. everyone wants to be on our team. And if we didn't, if we didn't show up at ICC this year, it would have been very, very sad. Mm-hmm. And I want people to want to go to these events. Like, you sh- Remember M- Huntington Beach used to sell out in 20 minutes? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what this shit needs to be. They're, they're struggling right now in NXL to sell out these, these uh, divisions. Yeah. I mean, it's tough, man. You know, I think I think one big reason why I do this podcast still is because it keeps me, it keeps my my want for the game and my desire for the game alive. Mm. You know, I I don't I don't necessarily have to play all the time now to to kind of you know feed that monkey. Uh, yeah. This you know does it a lot for me, and this and this you know uh, gives me a lot of insight to the way people think about the game that I might not have thought of is it's kind of like going to a professional clinic you know what I mean it's yeah but but it's every person that I have on here is you know thinks similar similarly but different you know and their and their take on things is a little different and their 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 insights a little different and um, just kind of doing these has been such a cool experience for me because being able to do that and being able to share it with people and you know having having people on here who have all those different perspectives and you know having Matt on here finally kind of talk about where the NPL is and where we wanted it to go and kind of the direction that we wanted to and 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 our our speed bumps that we've run into and um you know but it is what it is I mean it, it you know things happen and then you get you get guys like uh like Chris on and we talk about paint and you know kind of the what was mm-hmm. right but then we you know I talk to current players and we talk about what's going on now and and it's just it's I, I really plan on doing this for a while I, I really hope to and um, I'm really glad that people are getting some kind of uh, information or, or joy out of listening to it and there's a lot of people that listen to this shit that that weren't around 15 years ago you know whatever maybe 15 years ago when you played on tip and effect which yeah. was a similar ball game but very different to an extent of what we're dealing with now and i'm not knocking the nxl at all i think the nxl has done an exceptional job with with what they have um it could it be better of course it could be could the mlb be better of course it could be yeah could Apple be better of course it could be you know like we're not hating on these institutions when we criticize them, we're trying to make them better because we have invested our lives, our bodies, our money, our, our minds into this thing that we love and we want it to go to be around for future generations. Now, mm-hmm. Aimball is a very unique thing. There's nothing else on the planet like it. Literally, there's nothing else on the planet like it. Football has rugby to compete with. Baseball has cricket to compete with. You know, hockey has... Well, I don't know what hockey has to compete Curling. with. Curling. <laughs> Figure skating. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there is literally nothing else on the planet like paintball. And can it be better? Yes. Always. Yeah. Yes, it can be better. Can it be logistically better? Yes. Can, like, more thought be put into, like, the venues that we play these five times a year at yes or the format or or anything and i I, I, i'm not trying to take the you know take advantage of this platform and use it to to shit on 
you know, people or players or the, the, you know, leagues or whatever. That's not my purpose at all. Mm-hmm. Like 100% thought into it. And yeah, like... exactly. And I'm not, I'm not like one of those people where I'm just going to shit on something to shit on it. Like I, if I have a reason for an opinion, there's something to back it up with. There's an yeah. experience with it that comes along. And, and, you know, I've never, I've, I've never been one to like, purposely wanted to shit on somebody or, or something just because I, I didn't like it. I hear people talking shit on ICC because they think that like like Tim gloats about the fact that it's like the biggest single independent paintball event and he should. He, he should fucking should. gloat. He should. <laughs> yeah. He should fucking gloat about it. Right. There's no reason why he <laughs> should not do that. When was the last time the NXL PSP or MVPL sold out an event in eighteen minutes? When was the fucking last time that happened? Huntington Beach, fucking six, yeah. maybe. You know, like so maybe some thought should be put into what is Tim doing that is different. That maybe we can apply that same kind of luster to our events. See, that's a tough part, man. I don't think they could ever capture it. I think it's having an event in a retention basin uh, north of Philadelphia that it's going to turn into mud the moment it turns starts raining in the northeast where it fucking rains every other day <laughs> in the summer you know uh, uh mm-hmm. question did anyone fucking question that publicly no but someone that lives in new jersey and that went to school in philly and lived here my whole life knows that it rains a lot in the summer so right. maybe to put the event somewhere higher up so the water drains away from your playing fields. Yeah. And maybe if that does happen, you should have the preparedness to have mulch or uh, raised walkways or something like you did at Dallas this year. Horses. So, horses, yes. Horses in the back. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, it's not just enough to, like, set up a bunch of tents. You have to always be constantly looking to improve. Right. Um, and And... I think that, like, right now, like, there's no competition for the the major league here. And I, and I don't agree. There, there shouldn't be more than one league. There should just be one league. But there's no competition, and there's no one pushing back saying, hey, there needs to be something different that happens. I think there can be a different – I think there can be another league. I think there it, there can be another format, another way to play. Um, and, I, and I don't I don't necessarily think that's in – the, the you um, know saying possibly. tournament ball and, and woods ball you know what i mean i'm saying like tournament ball but different formats of tournament but um i guess the question about that is like are there different types of baseball are there different types of hockey but i think that comes back saying that paintball is kind of it's its own standalone thing it's different than yeah, everything else else like it so like yeah. maybe we should think about that like I miss the time where we used to go from one weekend of an X-Ball event to, like, the next weekend of Seven Man. That was that was fun. It was, it was awesome, know? dude. It was... Why, do you think, I, why do you think ICC is probably really has its, its luster is because it's a nice summer reboot. Like, we're going out there. We're playing in the woods. We're playing Hyperpipe. We're playing on the mounds. Mm-hmm. There's, there's competition there. We want to win. There's a lot of shit talking. There's, like, there's certainly competition. But, like, at the end of the day, we're going out there to have fun. Like, I don't know. Maybe there does need to be another league. Maybe there does need to be more more formats or more thought out formats. I mean, ten man at NXL is like a lot of fun too. Mm-hmm. 
do I agree with like there being two divisions for it? No, I think it's stupid. I think like a, a small majority, a minority of people bitched about losing to teams that had pros on it, and they don't have the fucking cojones to play against pros. So it just needs to be regulated better. I feel they bitched to Tom Cole and said we need to have an amateur division so we can compete. You know, fucking it's Sunday ten man at NXL. Go out there, have fun. You're gonna get shot. You're gonna shoot people. Mm-hmm. You get a chance to shoot Carl Markowski. You know, in my instance, super I super easy target. Super easy. You move quickly, but once you're stationary, you're very easy to shoot. Yeah, you know? usually right in line with everybody. Perfect shot. <laughs> like. I'm easy to shoot too. I get shot all the time. It's a lot of fun. Like, mm-hmm. fuck. Like, why are there two divisions of ten man at NXL? <laughs> there should be just one. Well, I think I think early on, I think there was a lot of switching of pro guys around different rosters and adding yes. and subtracting. Yes. yes. And I think that, but I think a simple solution to that is just ha- regulating it better. Just, oh yeah, just use keep the it. thing called PPA. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> exactly. I think that just do that and then have one division. But do you mind if I change the subject a little bit? Sure. And, and kind of go back, go backwards. Just, um, I want to talk a little bit more about podcasting. Um, oh, okay. So, yourself, who is somebody that you wish that you had on the podcast that you never got to get on, that you wanted to Randy, talk to? Randy Smith. I was thinking about him. I talk. I talk. I talk with Randy uh, a lot. Um, I consider him a father figure to me, yeah. and um, I, 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 I wish I had him on the show before I stopped doing it. I wanted to. Um, I'm glad I got Alex Martinez on, which was a, a really good one. Um, mm-hmm. I wish I, I wish I was a little bit more ballsy when it came to podcasting with Tom Cole because I did a podcast with him at the. Atlantic City Open, uh, the first one they had there, and I think I was a little bit too PC. I think I should have been more edgy. Um, who's another person? Crystal Soya. That would have been a great one because I, you know, that me and him would have gotten drunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no denying uh, that. Oh, I mean, like the dude used to sneak into my booth at <laughs> at events. I probably shouldn't be saying this, but whatever. I don't fucking care. I don't work in paintball anymore. I don't have any, you know, I'm it's not paying my bills. Yeah, um, that's true. I, I, I used to uh, have booze in the back of the Raza booth, and I would, he would come in, and I would give him booze, and it was great. He's a fucking awesome dude. Yeah. He's an awesome, awesome He's a dude. character, man. He's a character, and that's the people that I, I wish I had on the show. Chris Osoya, Randy Smith, um... Shit. <laughs> I wonder if Randy would have time to do this one. He's not a technology guy, so you'd have to really get him. You'd, first of all, you'd have to have either Mama D or Ryan help him get on Skype. Yeah. Um, but once that happened, he's he opens up pretty quickly. Um, and and he's he's a smart ass dude that um, has a lot to say about human interaction. Yeah. And he's taught me a lot about life. Um, Gary Hyde also, that would be a good one. Gary Hyde's a yeah. cool ass dude. Yeah. I'll have to I, I definitely I definitely want to talk to talk to Randy 
And I talked to him a little bit. I actually talked to him a little bit when I almost played for Heat. Um, and, but I talked yeah, to him here. Tell and me all about that. <laughs> that was, man, that was the end. So I came back from my hiatus in 2013. And I, we played, I played half the season in 2013 <laughs> with Aftershock when I got on. And then yeah. at the end of that 13 season, uh, Trozen approached me. And we were kind of going back and forth, but I already—I had already given my word to Bruno and mm. Rennick that I was going to play with them for 2014. Mm. So that I, was... I wonder—I wonder how things would because the the Heat the Heat team in 2014 was probably the worst it's ever been, mm-hmm. and not from a paper perspective. You know, you had. 10 of the best players in the world on that team. You had uh, 2014 was Sam Monville, Chad George, Brian Moorhead, Tim Montresor, Keith DeVitt, the three Russians. Sorry, the three Russians were playing. No, they were on that team. Sloviak. It was Sloviak, Ryan Smith, there might have been Yaya. There was 11 players on that team. There might have been a 12th. See, I think the Russians were playing for um, purple RKS. team. Yeah. No, RKS was that 2014 or 16? No, I it think was it was 14. 14. Right. The yeah. Russians were not on that team. The Russians were on RKS. They were on the purple team. Yes. Sorry, my bad. That's where my numbers are going off. So that would have, you know, that was like the worst year they had. They got relegated twice, mm-hmm. if you remember. Or yeah. they almost got relegated. Dynasty got relegated in that season too, I think. Or- Dynasty in Riverside that year. Um, to secure not getting relegated for World Cup. So if you remember, the relegation or the challengers match for World Cup was infamous in Dynasty. That's because Heat knocked Dynasty down into the challengers division at World Cup in 2014. Mm. And they and the Archaos beat Damage seven nothing in the finals <laughs> for that event. So that was with Sergey and um, and Fedorov and Mishka were on that team with Malloy. It was 2015 where Malloy was on. That's where I'm getting fucked up. Yeah. 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 That was a crazy so, team. So uh, it might have been a, I mean, maybe having that experience in the pit, you know, having you there would have been a different story, but who knows? I mean, it would have been interesting. Maybe this podcast wouldn't even have happened. Maybe. Or, I mean, who maybe you would be playing. Maybe, maybe I would have retired even why, earlier. Why did you you so you said no because you already had made given your word? Yeah, that's important. Mm-hmm. That's an important thing to people. Um, I think in this day and age, people don't realize the importance of when you give your word. Um, how how important that is, and I'm glad that you you kept to that word because that's the only thing you you have on this planet. I think. Yeah, yeah, is word, you know, and I, I'm sure Sarge appreciated that a lot, um, the fact that you gave your word to Bruno and to Rennick to play with Aftershock for 2014. I mean, I heard him out. Yeah, <laughs> like, that. I heard him out, but I like I just, you know, just right. to kind of see where it was and like where kind of where the where somebody with a backing like Randy had like what what where he was coming from. Yeah. Just to be like, fuck, man, that's 
what could have been um, back when the Avalanche days when you know I was getting paid to play and everything. Which essentially I, I kind of was because I had my my limited edition markers through Planet. Yeah. So I got, I got a, a few of those, but um, well, that was that was a cash cow right there. I mean, I know a bunch of people that bought that Avalanche jersey right behind you. I love that Avalanche jersey. It's one of the coolest color combinations ever. Yeah, dude, the gold and the the red yeah, and the, the black. Red, it was dope, and you guys had uh, sweet <laughs> ego, and y'all were wearing cut profilers. Yeah. Yeah. Just, Super ag team, <laughs> dude. We were nasty, man. It was a good team. Yeah, where'd you get that Brussels back jersey from? You traded? Uh, yeah, Tim and I traded at uh, at World Cup last year. Nice. After right after our match, it was my very last game that I played professionally, and we played against them. And yeah, right in the handshake line, we traded jerseys. Yeah, I I, I did that at uh, Philly for the first time. I traded well, not like for the first time in in person. I traded uh, my Wolfpack jersey for Andy Horvath's Mutiny jersey. Um, we didn't play against them at that event, but we played against them at the previous year's event, and Horvath is on the Winston, so mm-hmm. I felt it to be appropriate. But um, Who also played on Avalanche. He did. He did. And he played uh, on far side for ICC in the past two years. Yeah. Old Benedict Arnold action, but it's all good. That's his original team, so... <laughs> I, I give that I give the hat off to him. Um, I'm supposed to trade jerseys with Colt Roberts at uh, at Chicago. We were supposed to trade at ICC. He came up to me and he was like, "Hey, that Winston's jersey's dope." And I'm like, "I'll you trade you." You're damn right it is. Um, you're damn right. There's crazy pirates all over it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> didn't I play? Did, I played with you guys one event, didn't I? No, I thought I did. No, you were supposed to, but you ended up playing with the the other team. The other with the shot guys, yeah, with the shot guys. You guys won the event. It was at Chicago. I think. I, I think I have the trophy up. Here's the, a, I just went over here. Here's that Winston's pirate, pirate camo. Ooh, tropical. That is pretty sweet. I'll yeah. give you that. First place, ten man open, NXL Texas, 2017. That was a good one. I mean, cause I mean, any winning experience is usually pretty fun. But uh, those, dude, those ten man, those ten man at the events are no joke. I think uh, we locked in a series this year. We've won the last three. And I think just showing up at Chicago and World Cup means that we get the rings. So yeah, it sucks because like there, and when it first started in NXL, there was like the first event at Great Lakes Open. There was like five teams. And then there was like seven, and then a World Cup 2015. There was like 23 teams, and all of 2016 there was like 20 something teams, give or take. Nice. And uh, now there's like three teams for open 10 man, and there's like eight or nine or 10 teams for amateur. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, I wish we just had one division and just duked it out. Yeah. Had fun together, you know? Like that's. I agree. I agree. We have a cool. We have a cooler full of beer. All of us got knocked out of X-Ball. We're just trying to have fun, you know? That's usually when you see the teams start adding up on pro players. Like, mm-hmm. that's when they're, you know who's getting knocked out as the tournament's going on because you're not paying attention to the tournament. So, like, as you're seeing more pros come over and play, you're like, oh, well, they're knocked out. Oh, well, you know, they're knocked you know, out. There's another guy you should have on. There's two other guys I'm thinking of now that I think about. Who that? Ed Porman 
Ooh, yeah, I can talk to Ed. Ed Porman and Rocky Cagnoni. Rocky would be tough. I feel like I'd have to put a filter on his voice. You'd have to, to make it more clear. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he's just like, he's just like, hey, guys, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> like a pirate filter. Yeah, dude. A pirate, anti-pirate filter. No, but Ed Porman would be a good one. Porman would be good. Old school guys, man. Like, I, I, I think that that perspective really got lost somehow. Matty Marshall would be awesome dude i've been trying to have him on forever down for years yeah yeah he's so i'm he's trying to get i think i believe he's trying to get one going what's that i've shared hotel rooms with him i couldn't Mm -hmm. get a goddamn yes dude i'm i've been trying and trying and trying and trying and hopefully hopefully within this year maybe not maybe early next year i'm gonna i'm gonna eventually have him on and i know that's gonna be like a fucking three-hour podcast because it should be yeah him and i will just well so we started talking a little bit on uh you know the podcast that he did at icc like tim and then a few other guys did it too they did Um, a podcast at icc yeah it was like a video podcast um they set up at the hotel and they were doing it yes 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 it was like not this year right no this year they oh, did it okay. this year. It's on Ghost Sports, I believe. That's but why um because I, I don't have a Ghost Sports account anymore. I deleted it. Yeah, I had to I had to borrow somebody else's login. But um there was he was doing he was doing them and then I was like, "Hey man, let me jump in there." And he goes, "Ah, it's getting late." I was like, "Let me jump in there." So I get in there. Him and I start having a great conversation. Awesome conversation. And then fucking uh, <laughs> another guy I'm going to have on the podcast soon, a fucking drunk John Richardson slams oh, his beer on the table. Sweet. And sits down, and he's just like the most, the the most quiet and mundane like level kind of person on the paintball field and like in the paintball uh, world became just this loud, fucking <laughs> beer driven dude who was just like cussing and this and that and like I don't they didn't even put the our part in there because he came in like halfway and just do you remember took uh, over. That paintball event, 2011 New Jersey Open at Top Gun. I was out. At, oh, you were out of that event. Yeah. yeah, you weren't playing. So that event, the Top Gun is 25 minutes from my house. It's the first paintball field I ever played at. And um, <clears throat> I had my whole team stay at my house because, like, everyone, all the hotels were, like, in East Windsor. I'm in West Windsor. Mm-hmm. Like, the, all the hotels were in basically right five minutes away from me. So that Sunday night, I ended up. I forgot who hit me up. Someone from Infamous hit me up to like pick up JR from the bar. Yeah. Court Jester. <laughs> like ten minutes from my house. Yeah. So I picked up JR in my in my uh nineteen ninety-eight Subaru Impreza. Um and he barely fit in the damn thing. The guy's <laughs> fucking huge. And he was hammered. Was he that guy? <laughs> He was, and then at ICC, he recognized me, and I was like, "Yo, what's up, dude? You remember that car ride? I drove him back to the hotel from the bar because he needed a ride. You yeah, know? that was before Lyft and Uber. You know, mm-hmm. you had to rely on like your friends. Yeah, it was an app called Friends. Yeah, it app. was their phone number. Yeah, exactly. This whole whole thing. <laughs> that the one critique I will say about your show that you need to work on is like, the, like I think this time probably works. You, the kids are in bed. You don't have to deal with shit. Mm-hmm. Like. I notice a lot of times you, it feels like the conversation gets cut off abruptly because of a time constraint. Yeah. And like, I feel like when you, like you should give it like two hours, like the time frame, And that's usually like a good time where 
you get to know the person, the person on the other end listening to the podcast gets to hear, you know, how the show is going or they get to learn about the human being that they're listening to. They already know you, obviously, because they've listened to fucking 40 or 50 or probably shows. sick of me already. They probably are talking about four pods. <laughs> Right. Four fucking pods again, Jesus again. Christ! Shut, Shut the fuck up. <laughs> mm. But yeah, like I think that that would be a, a good thing to work on is like just getting more time. Because if you have a guy like, you know, if you have an Ed Portman on or Maddie Marshall or Todd Martinez or Rocky or Randy Smith or any of these guys, you know, right. you want to talk to those guys for at least two hours, if not more, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. That's that's one of my things that I'm definitely gonna try and work on. That hopefully the the kiddos start staying asleep, uh, and and going and staying asleep a little bit better as they get older. A little, a little whiskey under their their tongue. You know? Fuck, man. They're, uh, <laughs> it's it's tough, man. It's interesting being a parent and trying to manage doing stuff like this and make time for things like this. And uh, fortunately, I can. And I wish the one thing I do wish is is the basement is nice because it's kind of like kind of back in the corner, but it's also kind of sucks because I'm in a fucking basement like and it's not finished. So what I want to do is eventually, hopefully, we move in a couple of years and I want to get a nice like just a room dedicated yeah, as an, an yeah. office slash you know you know podcasting room. Yeah. Where you know even if the kiddos might be up during the day or something, I can still jump in there and and do a podcast without having people like creaking and stuff yeah, above. Yeah. So, well, but we never hear something. anything on our end. No, creaking or anything. no, no I kids. never listen to the podcast. You never do. No, no. I the... always made it a point to listen to mine through. I, I can't, man. It. I can't like, I listen to the, I listen to the first 10 seconds and the last 10, 10 seconds because I'm just, I'm at, I'm editing it. Right. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and I'm not editing it. I'm adding ads and, and music. Right. Yeah. Exactly, and the, yeah, and the intro and everything. But other than that, if if I know there wasn't a glitch in the middle, then I'll I'll just do it quick and then up you know do everything and then upload it. And then I'll get feedback if somebody says, well, here or you know if you tell me something or you know somebody listens to it and they're like, oh, there it's you just to let you know it's like skipping here or it's this and that. Like the one I did with Tyler, I knew that the audio was like I'm hardwired now. Like I'm all. It's it's better now, but the one the Tyler was yeah the Wi-Fi was kind of in and out. But I'm like yeah, I mean just kind of it is what it is. You know we'll we'll eventually I'm sure do another one, but um, but yeah other than that I don't really go but I don't go back and listen to them and and I hate listening to myself. I always found it to be um like I, I found it to be an important part of like the creative process of like learning how I can be a better interviewer how i could be a better speaker how maybe i need to improve my vocabulary whatever it may be and that that's why i did it it was from just yeah. purely uh a learn like it's like watching tape you know right, like right you know, right you want to watch uh, how many i mean you're lucky because you were a pro for so long but like i'd never get to see myself play paintball and i kind of wish i had that ability maybe i dude i that's one thing like watching myself play and for me was always like what am i doing like i always think back i look back like what the fuck am i doing why did i make that decision oh that was fun i remember that shot and then you're like i'm going back and it's just i critique i over critique myself my play but uh but as far as this goes it's and it's not that i don't take this serious because i do 
I just feel like this is one of those moments it's in different. time where, yeah. yeah, like with me creating it, I just let it kind of be a moment in time and mm-hmm. let it let it kind of just be and grow and do whatever. Um, you need a young Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> Fact yeah, it's weird. It's like right now, you know, I'm not really. It, it's just kind of one of those things where you know, it's it's just me in the corner, just just the one on one thing. I would love to be in person. I love that atmosphere better. Um, I did a podcast with, uh, I believe it was, uh, Drew Templeton, and Dalton Vanderbilt. They were both at World Cup, and I think 2000. 16 and I, I had him or 17 I had him on it was the first year and um, I love that atmosphere because you can hear the horns going off in the background you can hear the guns you can hear yeah. people walking through you can hear the stands behind you there's it there's interruptions of people coming in of Bart walking by and talking to us and yeah Mickey that Cuba. I remember that oh dude it was it was so much fun and I would love I would love to go to an event just for a day and knock out two podcasts and hang out and and just to have that kind of atmosphere and then head home for the day. Well, I mean, obviously, well, if they were close. I think the podcast that you did with Travis not too long ago, you didn't make any kind of firm commitment, but I remember he said if you had a good time playing with Infamous at ICC <laughs> that you had to play World Cup with them. Dude, I had a, I, I had an awesome time playing I with them. You had a good time. I know you had a good time. It was it was, it was was awesome. And you know what? I just – I don't know, man. It's It's hard because right now – I don't. I literally do not have any vacation days left. So, and I know with on top of World Cup, they play a day early than what they normally would. So I'd yeah. have to take another day off. Like with the pros my, don't. The pros don't play early. I, I'm pretty sure they do. Maybe they, they changed that. They did last year. All right. Well, I, I think, know the divisional teams play on Thursday instead of Friday. Because I think it was last year we played one game on Thursday, one game on Friday, and then I think two games because they added. Now they have the 20 teams in the right. pro division. So they had to add with the waning daylight in November. Exactly. Yep. They have to play on Thursday yeah. to schedule it properly. So in but order for that to happen, I'd have to take another day. Daylight savings happens like the week before, two weeks before the mm-hmm. event. Yeah. And with taking days out from my my family's personal vacation, I just don't have I don't have the days to do it. Otherwise, otherwise I'd really consider it because Travis is a great guy and Infamous is is an awesome team to play for. I and, had a good time at uh, Disneyland when I was three years old. Yeah, bada boom, you know, <laughs> it's a good little excuse to take your kids to Disney World. Yeah, that's true. Go just go down there and uh, schlep the kids and. Yeah, I'm sure my wife, who's a stay-at-home mom, who's with them all the time, would love to go to a paintball event and be with them for even more time. <laughs> yeah, right. It's just you. tough, and you know, thinking about it too, it's like, fuck, man. You know, she's, you know, she's really kind of taking one for the team every time I go to a, a paintball event too, uh, because during during the day for work during the week, she's with them. You know, yeah. and and if I were to go to a paintball event, obviously, you know, her parents or my parents would help out here and there. But I mean, she, for the most most of the time, she's got to be with them, and it's tough, man. For all you moms out there, you know, I tip my hat yeah, to you because yeah. it's 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 a tough fucking job, man. It really, really is. Got to carry the kid for nine months. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, Bunker. Um, it's I, your dog's I, name, Bunker. I, my dog's name is Bunker. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Bunker attack. <laughs> um, an action have... as well as an inflatable. 
No, his Obstacle. name. Is, his name is Captain Bunker Finkelworth CPA. He's a pirate accountant, and he's CPA. deaf. He's a deaf pit bull. Oh, nice. Yeah. So he got. He brought. He came to the Philly event. My my girlfriend Courtney Gray um, came out at Philly, and hats off to her, man. She was in the mud and pitting for us, and had the dog and. It was like the first paintball event she's ever been to. <laughs> Come to a paintball event, they said. Yeah, you know, and I was really bummed about the Philly event. Like, I was really happy that it was where it was. I thought it was a great venue location mm-hmm. from a logistics standpoint because it wasn't too far from the Philly airport. Um, it's an hour. It was an hour away from my house. Um, you know, it's a neighborhood or an area where I know very well. And so my girlfriend comes out to a paintball event for the first time. And I brought girlfriends in the past to paintball events before, like World Cup or MAO. Um, you know, World Cup is sunny Florida. Mm-hmm. You know, what what girl ain't going to want to go to hang out at Disney World? Um, but she comes to the event. And honestly, man, I was so I, – I really legitimately felt embarrassed to have her for the first time come to the the thing that I love the most – and for it to be status quo, shitty, mud, gross, where I can deal with it because I've been doing it for 20 years. Yeah. But for her to come and like get her brand new white vans all covered in mud. Trying to enjoy I did, herself. I did warn her. I did warn her. I said, bring shitty clothes. Don't bring anything nice. And she shows up with white vans and a North Face rain jacket. And, uh, you know, hats off to her. She was, uh, you know, a trooper when I came yeah. to it, I was, I was just really, really embarrassed. And I thought it's, you know, the NXL can't control the weather. Right. I'm not going to say that, but like rain happens, they can control some of the, the dates. They can control the dates. They can control, um, you know, having, uh, the ability to buy really expensive pallets to make raised walkways for the divisional fields. All the logistics, you know, need to be, you know, need to be thought about. And, you know, I don't know, I don't know what it takes to, to run a major event like that and be able to no, think of no. everything that could possibly happen. So it's, it's, uh, well, they did it at that. That was a weird thing. And that's what I, you know, what I've, I've stated, they did it at Dallas in Dallas this year. There was really bad weather and there was Again. mud Again, as usual in Texas, <laughs> let's keep it fucking having paintball events there. You know, when, yeah, there's a great demographic of paintball teams that come from Texas, but, uh, you know, I'm flying, uh, half the teams that are playing the event aren't even from Texas. Mm-hmm. And we have to, every single fucking year, there's shitty weather, either the week before or whatever. I wonder how many venues actually know about paintball events and, you know, willingly let their shit get fucked up. For well, Texas Motor Speedway doesn't give a shit about their parking lot. I'll right. tell you that. So there you go. There's probably a number one reason why it's still continuing to be there. But they did it at Dallas. They they put out pallets with plywood to make raised walkways through the vendor area from parking through the vendor area to the playing fields. They put mulch down in the appropriate areas. They did all the things. They gave a. Sh- they showed that they at least are trying. Mm-hmm. Whether it helped or not, it did help. You know, they it's showed it. In Philly, they just laid plywood down over mud and had Camille Lomansky shoveling mud off of plywood for a day 
that's not you know hats off to camille for doing that but like like come on dude like i know that pallets are expensive but there's a hundred teams that are paying twenty eight hundred dollars a pop for entry you can buy some plywood and some and make a raised pathway through the vendor area to at least show that you're giving a shit you know i'm not saying that they don't give a shit i'm not saying that like it's a little little nudge in that direction uh i'm to the point where i'm like every event should be in vegas and florida they should have three events in vegas or three events in florida and two events in vegas the weather in orlando is you can predict it it's pretty good yeah unless there's a hurricane yeah which i've gotten stuck in twice in florida from hurricanes yeah but vegas the past couple years has been amazing weather and you know you have the early events in vegas the late event you know like i don't know Hmm. why why not people from the east coast people from chicago people from texas people from the southeast would love to go to vegas twice a year yeah the flights aren't bad Hmm. it's las vegas the flights aren't bad imagine the kind of imagine the kind of uh pull the nxl could have with the hotels in the area yeah hey twice a year three times a year we're bringing thirty thousand people to your city or whatever the number is um give us a nice break on your hotels and you know we'll set up a deal it's it's a nice little racket they could run with the hotels Mm -hmm. why do they why do we have to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again having this rotating circus Chicago, Northeast, Florida, West Coast, Texas. Why? Why can't we change it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah, I don't know. It's a tough question. We would all agree that paintball is a sport made for Southern California, right? Well, dry, dry, mid 70 degree weather is pretty, you know, I enjoy I, myself then. <laughs> so why don't we have our tournaments with the best players the world has ever seen? in as much of those environments as possible. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's not insane, is it? It's not an insane thought. Yeah, it's a thought. I mean, something that should be thought about. We do it all the time in the pits. I mean, we talk about it all the time from a pit crew perspective. Our job is to mitigate as much of the variables as possible for our players so they can just play paintball. So what are those mitigations? Making sure they have the best operating guns, making sure their regulators work on their tanks, making sure their lenses are good, making sure they all have squeegees in their pockets, making sure they have microfibers in the pit, making sure that their paint is well temperature controlled from the paint truck to the pit so that they get the best possible ball out of their gun every single time they pull the trigger. Mm -hmm. We know that about this sport. So why don't we mitigate the risk of having shitty weather by putting the venues in places where we know that has good weather all the time? Yeah. It's not a ridiculous thought. No, no. It's. And then again, we're not in charge. We oh, are. We're sitting in our basements doing a podcast. <laughs> we're just talking shit. At one o'clock in the morning. Um, going back to the uh, going back to the podcast thing. I mean, what do you? What is your advice for you know kids that maybe or you know anybody for that matter? of possibly wanting to start a podcast or w- wanting to do something besides you doing something like that. Like what, what's your, what's your suggestion? Do it. Go do it. 
you know, and it doesn't take a lot like to do a podcast. Like you don't need a, 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 a blue snowball, you which know? is only $50. Honestly, it's only $50. If you know? you <laughs> it's can do a, you it's can so nice podcast from, a, from your iPhone, mm-hmm. you can do it, which you probably already have. Cause you're playing paintball. And if you don't have an iPhone and you're playing paintball, I don't know what's, what's up, but you know, you could do a podcast from your Mac pro or your windows surface or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. do it do it. of course do it you know and follow that creative passion if you want to if you have a camcorder just like we used to do when we were skateboarding back in the day you know if you're not maybe the best skateboarder you go out there and film the, the guys that are better you know maybe you're not the best paintball player maybe you are in your neighborhood but you also have this other creative passion go do it you know it doesn't it, it's it's a low risk operation. It costs ten dollars a month to get a SoundCloud Pro account. Mm. You know, so realistically, if you have one hundred twenty dollars a year, you can have a podcast yeah. that reaches millions of people. You know, potentially. Um, I think mine. I think the last time I looked before I shut it down was like, uh, my earlier podcast had like five thousand unique listens each. Which is which is cool, like whatever. Yeah, you know, um, I'm not I'm not saying there to toot my horn at all, but like, do it. Of course, do it. You know, the same. Like, I think paintball needs more of that shit. Mm-hmm. I think paintball needs more um, people outside the the GI sports umbrella to like go out there and do something unique and do something interesting. Um, you know, hats off to the other guys who've done podcasts um, in the past and in the current. Um, who are the current? Because, I mean, as far as – because I know Alex Gray started one. and has... Alex Gray started one, but then he quit paintball because his, his uh, uh, fraternity shit got in the way or whatever. Yeah. Or his back started hurting, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And then I know there's like a behind the bunker. Uh, they have one. Those are the Canadian guys. Are they Canadian? Yeah, the Canadian guys there. They they kind of focus more on like the uh, scenario world. Mm-hmm. Um, but doesn't um, J Rab and Nick Laval have a podcast? Oh yeah, they do. That's right. The, the um, over the top. Yeah, so they they started theirs, and I listened to a couple episodes, but I I just couldn't. I don't like any of the the only reason I listen to the seven lines podcast for the Mets one is because it's the Mets and it's a I like following baseball a lot but yeah. like I don't like the gimmicks that the that the seven line podcast does with like what's in the box fucking you know it's like a radio show and and those guys J Rab and Nick do that kind of gimmicky shit I like to listen to like a a conversation with another yeah. person right so but yeah, I mean, hats off to them for doing that. That's cool. That's great. Yeah, I think you it's know. it's like a a different style that they're mm-hmm. they're definitely doing, and I think that yeah, falls... it appeals to certain people, and that's mm-hmm. fine. Like, yeah, I like I like uh, metal music, and not everyone likes metal music. You know, like yeah. whatever. I like cheesesteaks, and not everyone likes cheesesteaks. Like to each their not, own. I'm not talking shit. I'm just talking subjective. <laughs> no, but I think it I think it helps because it you know like we've said before, you know, you get the different perspectives and the different takes on things. And I think that's what, that's, what's most important about people doing 
uh, podcasts or, or whatever it is or, or vlogs. It's, also, it's accessible. It's accessible, creative um, information based on the passion that you have. Mm-hmm. And that was at the end of the day. That's why I canceled. I was a original subscriber to Go Sports, and I also had a Paintball Access account when that existed. And I canceled my Go Sports account not because it was breaking the bank for me. You know, it was seven, eight dollars a month. It was a principle perspective. I didn't agree with the fact that their uh, hard work was behind a paywall. I feel like th- this niche that we're in of paintball needs to be accessible as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And if someone's in, I mean, clearly someone's investing more money than it, they're getting in return. My $8 a month is not helping keep ghost sports afloat. Yeah. Someone is spending a lot of money to produce ghost sports. So why isn't that shit always streaming for free on Facebook or on YouTube? Every event. Yeah, they did that. there was a glitch at Dallas or whatever it was this year, Vegas or Dallas, where they forgot to like turn off the Facebook feed, and they had a live feed of the pro field for like all of Friday, and it got like twenty five thousand unique views. <laughs> Imagine you did that five times a year, mm-hmm. and you had more and more and more people watching that, and you can go to like an advertiser and say, hey. We have 35, 40,000 unique views on yep. Facebook five times a year. Maybe we can uh, advertise Arm & Hammer deodorant or whatever, you know. And I think something like that, I think something like that is so important right now because you can't, you can't ask people who have n- no real idea of what it is to go subscribe to watch more. Correct. You can't have how many people are a subscriber to like the MLB all access that have never played baseball. Yeah. Or NHL or NFL or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. You know, if we want paintball to grow, we can't just keep cannibalizing our income from the players. Yeah. You no, know? like I'm already spending a shit ton of money to be at your event. Why am I sp- again? It's $8, whatever. But like, it's kind of the principle alone. If I want to send my mom a link to like watch me on the webcast and I'm a pro player, why should she have to take my login code or have to pay $8 a month for that? Well, the biggest thing is like you said, it's like it, it, it's somebody, it's a company or something that would come across it, you know, that, that they know somebody else or they know somebody else and they, Hey man, have you check this out. This is cool. And they don't have, they, it's one less, website or one less click that they have to do and they have the information everyone has instantly YouTube. everyone has facebook youtube live and, and it's and it's right there and it's somebody can come across it who is looking you know an amazon or a a, a, a whomever who is looking for some kind of you know niche sport or that yeah. that they're looking to invest in and it comes across the de- it, instead of coming across the desk it comes across their computer as a suggestion or whatever and and boom, they go on their live. They're watching it. They're listening to the commentary. They're listening and seeing how structured it is, and and more phone and calls more, get made. The more and more I think about it, and I'm not trying to sound jaded and old and salty or anything, but I listened to that podcast you did with Matt, and it got the wheels spinning. Mm-hmm. The more and more I think about it, the more and more I believe that the powers that may be in paintball 
are will never as long as they're alive never allow paintball to become something bigger than it, it can be and it should be because they don't want to give up their piece of the small shitty pie that we have it's and it's that's just fucking i think that's a tough pill for people to swallow and i'm sure in the comments below right now people are just pounding on their keyboard oh you fucking don't know what you're talking about but like that 2005 Miami event that happened in MVPL that was televised in ESPN was a fantastic televisation of paintball. Mm-hmm. It was exciting to watch. There was exciting paintball. It, it was, was informative. Dumb. It was informative. It taught you about the game. It kept people's eyes on the screen. And in 2019, do I think ESPN's the the, the thing or TV's a thing? No, it's the te- it's the internet now, right? But they don't want to give up their little piece of the pie because they're afraid that like. Oh, uh, a Monster Energy Drink or a Rockstar or a Nike that could very well have a good stake in our game could take away their income. Mm. And I'm not trying to, I mean, I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist like, you know, aliens <laughs> flying over our head and like Mary 51 and shit. But like, why isn't paintball bigger? Why isn't it bigger? It's, it's, that's the $100,000 $100, question. It's scratch your head. It's not because like our game's not exciting. It's uninformative, and there's not cool characters. To, yeah, it's not action packs. It's not because it's guns. You know, the biathlons in the Olympics. There's guns in the Olympics. Yeah. Like, it's not because of any of these things. It's because it's constantly been cock blocked by the Richmond Italias and the G- and the Gino Pastorivos and those guys. And I know I'm gonna get flack from that. I don't care. I don't care. I, I'm gonna keep playing paintball. I love this sport, and I'm gonna do what I can on my front to like make it bigger. And make, yeah. inform people about it, but like, why hasn't it gotten bigger? So someone answer that question. Why is Maddie Marshall, who has an amazing voice, amazing personality, knows a shit ton about the game, why is he behind a paywall? Why isn't that guy on ESPN? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, that guy should be a, a lead commentator for paintball. And everyone should know his fucking name. Well, it's one of those things where you know why has paintball been denied? over the years if we have been trying why is why has it been denied and why haven't we tried to figure out a way to crack the code and i don't you know like the whole orange county cycles thing that happened at world cup people were talking shit about that but that was an amazing thing for paintball it put paintball on national television once again so if you talk shit about that fuck you like seriously (laughs) Like, seriously, fuck you, because it put paintball on national television again. And someone took a chance and an opportunity with something to get the league and to get the sport on national television. And it mm-hmm. worked. And it was on national television. Yeah. You know? And how, about, how, how about Be Real talking about on the Rogan podcast? On Rogan podcast. That was crazy how much they... awesome. I thought they were... I thought it was just going to be a blip if it was even brought up. I it for like 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we're, I'm sitting there like, you know, like we're, both of us are probably sitting there like, oh, that was wrong or that was right. Oh, we were yeah. completely tearing it apart. Yeah. But like, you know, that was awesome. That was the amazing. fact that it was there. Yeah. I didn't mean to throw shade. Well, actually, I did mean to throw shade there, you know, and, you know, thank you to the Rolling Rock for a little bit of liquid courage there. But, you know, I think something needs to change. And I think that the more people that go out there and create content on, on their own, like whether it be Ronnie or you or anyone that can go out there and create the content on their own and like put paintball 
just let paintball be known to like their circle of friends. Mm -hmm. That's better and better and better because someone needs to do it because the people that are in charge of it aren't doing it themselves. So someone needs to fucking do it. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Well, on on that note, I think, um, yeah, I, I think we, I think we're good. Yeah. We we did like, uh, two hours and 14 minutes. Yeah, dude. Not, not, not shabby at all long period of time that we sat there and bullshitted i uh do i thoroughly enjoy, enjoyed this man it was great yeah dude always i, I keep up with the good work keep keep I, I i hope i get to see you at the uh, living dead tournament yeah that, i hope you go uh, man um yeah and you know we'll, we'll i i don't want anyone to like think like the end of this th- last 30 minutes i'm like salty because i love paintball i love playing every weekend i love the sport i love the people that i've met i love my teammates yeah i love my opponents i love all these people like i love nico hyde's brand enjoy paintball because yeah we should all be enjoying paintball mm-hmm. you know and i don't want anyone to think that like i'm a negative person because anyone that knows me knows that i'm not but like when you pour so much of your time and your love and your dedication to something and you you just want it to be the best it can be you know so that's where i'd like to leave off this thing i guess shout out to uh battle creek paintball west milford new jersey chris Strauss runs an awesome field if you're in the north jersey area you should go to it thanks to dlx technologies thanks to carl markowski for doing this show thank you sir for for helping me help me get here Thank you so much for uh, for having me on again, and uh, I'll see you soon. All right. Absolutely, bud. We'll uh, we'll see and talk to you soon. All right. Peace. Later, bud. All right. Thank you, Mike, so much for sitting down with me again. Um, and as we talked about it in the podcast, thank you for helping kind of catapult me into this podcasting realm of uh, of, of doing a podcast myself. I greatly appreciate it, man. A lot is owed. Um, but, uh, but yeah, if you're out there and you're thinking about doing a podcast or you're, you're thinking about doing a vlog or something like that, do it. Do it. What, there, there's, nothing, there's nothing to lose. You don't need anybody's approval. You don't need, uh, y- you don't need anything like that. You, it's you and your opinion and your mindset. And as long as you can sit down and you just pump them out, and do it and and it's good to sit down and kind of get your opinion across and you know you don't necessarily have to uh you know have to have anyone tell you what to do or what to talk about or 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 how to talk about it and it's 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 a cool platform and i really enjoy it and um i really really suggest people out there if you're thinking about doing it do it get on it uh but thank you to our sponsors of the podcast, Bellavio. Uh, like I said in the beginning, they have a honey program where it helps PTSD. Um, it helps veterans with PTSD, and it has a program that uh, it kind of all proceeds go back to that, and they help in, in building the whole program up itself. Uh, and if you guys are interested in any of their products, which I highly suggest, uh, you can get 15% off with the promo code capital TPOP. Uh, for all of our listeners out there, but 
Everybody over at Melavio is awesome. The company is amazing. They're an up-and-coming CBD company that uh, that I really enjoy working with. They're only a few years old, but uh, but they have some some great stuff. Check them out, melavio.com, M-E-L-L-O-V-E-O.com. Uh, we are also uh, brought to you by Charm City Paintball. Please, guys, make sure you check out his headband, if, headbands, head wraps, anything like that. He makes them all, and they're all quality. It's all great stuff. If you're in the market for any headgear, please head over there. I guarantee you it's worth it, and he's a great guy. If you have any kind of ideas of wanting to do something custom, he's also about that too, but, uh, but just give him a call. Man, I have this, like, this weathered leather, like, scented wax thing that my wife gave me and it smells so good <laughs> it's the only thing that I smell I'm like man it's like it's like somebody has cowhide right in front of my face like old just weathered leather I mean what it is it's just it smells great I'm glad I'm doing that um, instead of an open flame which almost was a bad idea but um, but anyway Charm City Paintball check them out Facebook and Instagram give them a shout awesome stuff thank you Mike and uh, again, guys, if you guys want to support this podcast, head over to patreon.com slash the playing on podcast. And uh, if you can, if you can help out in any way, it would be greatly appreciated. But I appreciate everybody listening. It's, it's been awesome. Uh, thank you so much, everybody who has just been so supportive of this podcast. It, it has been amazing. Um, Chicago just came out this past weekend too, so hopefully everybody was was safe on their drives back and forth to practice. Hopefully everybody enjoys the layout. Good luck to everybody in the upcoming event. Not next weekend, but the weekend after that. Paintball, paintball, paintball. Thank you, everybody. Please do not text and drive. Keep your eyes on the road. Listen to podcasts like this one, and we will see you guys here again soon on the Playing On Podcast. Peace.